Welcome everyone. I'm here today with Rowan Sacre. 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 Croissant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the hills around Melbourne. Um, and today on Revelations with Julian Palmer, we are going to talk to Rowan about entities and exorcism, and I suppose his general story and worldview. So maybe you can give a little bit of a background story on yourself, Rowan? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, thanks, Julian, for having me on. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, for those that may not know me or haven't met me at this stage, I've uh, been doing some pretty low-key underground plant therapy and and work with people um for the past like several years now it's been about five years kind of working with others um but my journey with these plants uh, and psychedelics in general roll back a bit before that um and i feel like i've always had some kind of calling um in my in my life to some kind of higher broader experience um that is beyond myself and and um i guess yeah as a, as a child i was um brought up through a very interesting um fundamental christian kind of upbringing and the church movements and the, the very early kind of pentecostal scenes and um was exposed to a whole range of interesting uh manifestations and uh spiritual experiences of, of of people you know uh speaking in tongues and you know laying hands and uh you know experiences of healing and you know transformation um and yeah it was kind of i suppose embedded in in me um this this pursuit of you know finding finding my version of meaning in, in this experience or, you know, God or, or whatever, whatever we'd like to call that space, uh, that we don't quite have direct access to generally. Um, yeah. So from a young age, I always had very interesting experiences, um, that were quite hard to reconcile, um, particularly as a child that seemed to be a little abnormal, uh, as they were paranormal experiences, um, I would, I would get, uh, quite attacked in the evenings, uh, as a child. And I would see, I would see all kinds of, you know, paranormal phenomena, ghosts and, and, and shadow creatures and beings and these, these kind of terrifying and, um, kind of unexplainable things, um, and that that was quite isolating as 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 a young as a young kid, um, you know, trying to understand what was going on there, and and not really having anyone else that um, you know was kind of co-experiencing to talk to. So you, you know, when these kind of experiences happen that uh, you know you can't contextualize in normal base reality, you, you kind of just tend to bury them um, or put them aside. Um, but then they kind of just sit there within you 
and scratch away and, you know, niggle for the rest of your life. You got this like, what, what's going on? You know, what, what was all of that? Um, so yeah, I, I've, I've always been on a path of, you know, like spiritual, um, pursuit and, and searching for, for, you know, where these kind of experiences line up in, you know, in my true reality. And I guess trying to find answers to, to these paranormal realms and, you know, spiritual kind of phenomena. Um, and yeah, years of studying, I guess the monotheistic Abrahamic religions, um, Judaism, little bit of Islam, but, you know, predominantly within the realms of the biblical kind of, um, studies. And I was studying theology, um, Where did you study theology? So I actually moved to New Zealand um, to study theology in Auckland. Does that make you a theologist when you come out? Well, well, I kind of dropped the course. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, yeah, it makes you a priest, makes you what theologist. Does it make you? So yeah, well, this was this was practical theology. So the the point of this um, was to, I guess, embody these um, these principles and then get out onto the streets and evangelize, and right. you know, like. Be be um, be the living Bible. I suppose, in in you know? in, a, <clears throat> in a particular denomination. So, yes, yes. So that that was with the Baptists. Okay. Um, so I had a family member that was though that is uh, you know heavily a part of that organization, um, and you know in in the councils over there. So um, and at that point in my life, I was really kind of struggling just with existing um, as at a really really kind of low place my mental health was was um you know depleted and it felt like the only way forward for me was to take this opportunity to go move overseas abandon melbourne and you know all of the experiences i'd had here and 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 my kind of like traumas and crisis and you know do this clean slate and you know go and follow the lord and and do do his work (laughs) um so yeah it was like kind of the beginning of this kind of i guess psychedelic adventure and and really trying to um proactively step into some kind of quest to you know find find what what's really going on here Mm -hmm. at least for me um so yeah, I had to really hit kind of uh, some some low points to um, get the motivation to, you know, start trying some things. Um, I very quickly became quite disenfranchised with my studies and with that community. Um, I'm a very passionate kind of person, and when I go for something, I kind of like really go for it. I get quite obsessive, and I can you know be quite aggressive. I think in my pursuits of my passions. So I kind of like, you know, embrace this whole like concept of underground, you know, spirituality and, you know, being on the streets and talking to people about, you know, these, these kind of like, you know, more mystical concepts that probably don't enter the daily conversation. And, um, it was, it was a really potent time. I was having amazing connections with people and felt like I was really experiencing some miraculous things uh and synchronicities and and just you know like um having these just amazing exchanges with with others you know through this pursuit of trying to i suppose be an empty vessel or an available vessel for some kind of divine you know work or intervention Uh, and obviously in hindsight this is you know um it's it's megalomania and and probably coming from a, a space of absolute wounding and unworthiness and insecurity and needing to feel you know um like i have a place 
Um, but I suppose I was very fortunate and blessed that it still seemed to be quite a positive kind of, you know, patch and, and, um, time for me where I was able to meet some really beautiful people. But through this, I kind of like became disenfranchised with, I suppose, that form of my faith and that community. Um, I just felt like people weren't all in enough. It was just kind of like this kind of, it was either a day job or a hobby, but like people's spirituality or faiths were just this kind of like, it was a part-time thing. And it, mm. I was just like really perplexed, like how, how this could be like, just it, it, like for me, it was all or nothing. Like if I don't, if I don't learn to tame this, this wild beast, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I might as well be dead. Like it, it, was, it was pretty life or death for me. My, my whole so you were quite fervent in your belief, in your languaging, yeah. in your dedication to the law. Oh my God! Pray so, every night. So rigid. And- oh yeah, yeah. So so rigid. So like I I I really like I studied Christian um like uh, apologetics, which is basically the art of argument okay. and really understanding. Um, like for that, you have to have a pretty sound foundation and you know understanding the Bible and I guess the history of it. And then you'd basically just, you know, have arguments with people that disagreed with you and, you know, I guess try your best to like mentally dominate them to the point of conversion. (laughs) So you can, it's brutal. (laughs) So if you meet a Christian now, you can quote Matthew 24, seven and, and talk Um, in their language about, about, anything you want to talk to them about I, i'm definitely yeah like i've lost a lot of like direct quote verses and stuff because i'm just like this is this is a lot of this information is taking up a lot of my space and yeah. you know kind of got replaced with psychedelic knowledge but um yeah look i i i can really understand the angle that these people are coming from um and i, I think for me what, what i really learned in this pursuit um it became this game of the head and the mind and this academia and this knowledge, which, you know, probably to most people that don't come from an organized religion, that sounds ridiculous anyways. Mm. But there's definitely a faction within, um, you know, these these circles of faith uh, that there's an academia to it. There's, there's a head and it can become this kind of um, quite, you know, old school rabbinical um, philosophical kind of like, um, you know, playground of just intellectual throwdowns so i kind of got really caught up in that and like wow you know i've got all this you know quote unquote knowledge and wisdom or truth and you can't you can't out argue me on this and you know so it was like this like watertight kind of solid so you are what you are you are theological warrior yeah yeah i was a total (laughs) asshole you know um (laughs) yeah and there was no there was no room in me to really listen to anybody because i knew it all Mm. and so so when i finally got to this and and i realized like my insecurity led me to needing to have this this know-all infrastructure and model you know because i i was that just my fears of life and death and reality and you know like you know burning in hell at that point you know it was, it was a very vivid and real real thing um it, it kind of forced me to have to have this rigid uh and very defined understanding of reality and so i kind of like fabricated this for myself and it was just so sharp and pointy and cold and sterile and it had no space for people to disagree and and i was like fuck you know i'd, I'd sit there and and at the peak of i guess my knowledge and and this this kind of like um, stepping into my calling, what I thought it was at the time, I had never been so like isolated, lost and miserable. And it was kind of, you know, at the peak of that, that kind of experience, I, I, I was my most, you know, spiritually and emotionally bankrupt and vulnerable. And I, I basically 
uh, was really heavily suicidal and just, you know, had this rapid decline in my mental health and started having psychotic episodes as I realized that, you know, existentially I was falling apart. And then um, that required some quite severe rescuing from family members and friends when they realized that, you know, I I was maybe just, um, you know, not very well. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I kind of um, had had this kind of experience that didn't quite go to plan but obviously you know in hindsight absolutely did um but yeah I, I went through this struggle of like I guess I had to see that through I had to see like it was my life's work at that point um to get to that point to really see like who is this version of myself and do I want to be this and because there was so much programming uh, you know from such a young age as a child you know from parents from the community of churches and and you know just just I guess I, I always felt connected to something real. I always mm. knew there was something going on. But what I didn't realize in that, you know, kind of blinkered, rigid thinking was that maybe maybe uh, that thing that I'm feeling or reaching out towards is real, but maybe it's not as potent in this kind of, you know, in this in this programming or this this faith. Um So yeah, it, it was it was uh, it was it was a really hard thing to kind of um feel like I had all the answers and I just wanted to, you know, kill myself. And, um, I just felt so, so much hatred and bitterness and, you know, it was, it was just not, nothing felt good. Mm. I was never coming from a space of love or compassion. Uh, mm. it was just intellectual, uh, you know, um, insecurity, I think. Um, and then, it, you know, then I met my wife at this, at this time, um, of being lower, and um your wife who 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 told you that she was god <laughs> yeah 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 that's right yeah yeah so i kind of um that, that's right I, I i hit a point where i'm like well you know if if i kind of really hit this place once i realized i i couldn't continue as i was and that i was you know very seriously considering ending my life and this was you know th these were thoughts that were consistent for months um you know i was starting to really investigate you know ways to um you know go through with that um and i spent a lot of time kind of planning and preparing myself mentally to do this and then yeah i met my wife um at a bar i was you know getting quite inebriated because at that point why not you know even though i'd never usually do things like that i'd, I'd kind of like really let go and just uh, you know nothing mattered so i started experimenting um you know here and there with with, with various uh, things. And, um, yeah, she kind of, she kind of, um, intervened, I guess, at, at the perfect point. Um, what do they call it? The, the, the deus ex machina, the, the movie moment where, where, uh, you know, some, some supreme deity like intervenes and saves the story, you know, like, <laughs> and that's kind of like, you know, like what, what, what happened in this, like, weird hero's journey. Um, like I got that kind of hall pass where, you know, this, this creature kind of came through and, um, she challenged me and yeah, straight up we'd, we'd be having conversations and the old parts of my brain would fire up and I'd be like, well, you know, what do you think about life? And do you believe that we came from somewhere or, you know, that we're going somewhere when we leave here? And she was just like, yeah, totally. I, you know, I, I like I'm God. And, I remember the first time she said that to me, I just like, I, 
I'd never heard anyone say anything like that. And, you know, to, to someone that was such a fundamental kind of, you know, thinker, that's the most heretical thing you could, mm. you could, you could say. So I was like, wow, you're really like, what, great joke. It's <laughs> like, well, well, beads of sweater coming down my head. I'm like, who the hell am I, you know, like, who is this person? Like, oh my, my goodness. Um, uh, I, I, I felt like I'd just be damned by association, um, with, with this kind of, you know, insanity. And, and she was adamant. And I realized it's like, you know, so she wasn't joking. She really had this understanding, this deep understanding. Like she didn't have the answers, the intricacies, the knowledge, the wisdom. It was just this understanding of her soul and who she was. And she put her, um, she put her phone number in my phone and under the name God. And um, <laughs> to, yeah, to this day, that's that's still it. I get calls from God <laughs> telling me off and <laughs> pick up some milk. Pick up the kids. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really like she was really the, 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 the lifeline, I guess, that I needed. And um, that was the real beginning of my freedom, I think, um, out of out of this kind of old toxic um, wounded space. But then... Then life really, yeah, um, started amping up, I suppose, because, um, you know, I guess I think once we start to step into spaces that are more spacious, uh, or wide, uh, with, with potentially more truth or ability for like truth to happen, um, then the truth does start happening. So I started very quickly being confronted with all of my issues, you know, my childhood traumas and abuses, my mental health, like all of it just really started, you know, one by one knocking at the door in the early parts of our relationship. And we had years of this, you know, just nonstop, um, issues with me basically, um, being heavily triggered and confronted and having no map to deal with that, having no way, like I, I had no way to really navigate this, um, tidal wave of my own, you know, um, shit that was, that was really just constantly surfacing, um, and then presenting itself in our, you know, dynamic of the family. Um, so I was, I was not a great partner for, you know, a, a long time. Uh, I was not a great father. I was, I was very angry, um, and very, that, that kind of frustration and resentment, um, I guess at this point to like this version of reality or the former God and the whole construct of the church and religion in general, I just, I, I was really mad. I was mad that, you know, my experience was, was what it was. Um, and that I was, you know, I suppose not protected, um, through a lot of my life experiences, um, on all levels. Um, and I, I guess I just didn't have the maturity or the tools to, to know how to really navigate that as a young father, as a, as a, you know, in this new committed relationship. So, you know, my, my, my wife and my first child really copped the, the brunt and the blunt end of my trauma. And it was, it was not pretty. Um, so we kind of got to a space and a place where, there was some serious discussions that, that needed to be had. And Tamara, you know, I remember times where, um, she was really scared of me and my, my tempers and my rage outs. I'd, I'd, I'd really lose control of, you know, myself and my emotions a lot. Um, and it was, it was getting to a point that it was probably borderline, you know, dangerous. And she was wanting to, I guess, review our commitment to each other and, 
you know, pretty much. She sounds fairly tolerant oh, and, oh, oh, yeah. and, and forgiving <laughs> yeah, person. Yeah, because yeah. she's God, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. So she's, you know, she she endured so much. But then kind of we got to a place where she's like, look, there's no progress going on here. And this just seems like it's a downward trend. And this is not not an environment that, you know, we need to raise a child in. And, you know, she also had a very tough and abusive you know, upbringing and, and, you know, relationship to her father. And so she was, you know, kind of trying to cut, cut this loop and, and, you know, I guess break the cycle. Um, and I really realized that I had to kind of like fucking figure this out quickly. Otherwise I was going to lose everything. And And so when was this, how, how long was that into your relationship that this, this became apparent? So we had moved around. We'd lived in a few different places, but we had kind of had this incredible opportunity to um, move to Western Australia. And I could, uh, I was given this opportunity to get a job working in the mines in, in the gold fields there. Um, and which at the time uh, was just like a godsend. I'd formerly done a lot of crazy careers and, you know, interesting jobs that were, you know, fun and, and, and creative and, um, you know, great experiences, but just didn't really pay the bills. So as a, as a new young family with a child, I think Ava was about three at the time. Um, I was kind of like, look, need to kind of get some stability for some years and, you know, focus on career and income and, you know, like doing the nuclear thing. So, yeah, we moved, we moved to Western Australia. So it would have been about that time, um, maybe, maybe a year into that experience, it really intensified because my, my work was hard, you know, long, long hours, long shifts, um, the treatment and just the working kind of environment in, in, in those kind of industries, they're, they're pretty rough, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's not a, um, it's not a nice place to work. It's not a nice environment. There's a lot of, a lot of abuse going on. So you kind of tend to take that home with you as well. And if you don't really know how to you know, how to transmute that stuff. Often it can, you know, shit rolls downhill as they say. So the family cops a lot of the frustration and the work resentment. So yeah, it just got, it, it got messy really quick. And I, I quickly realized that we'd made this move to save, you know, this family and to give us a brand new start. And I was rapidly destroying it. So, um, so yeah, then the psychedelics kind of, um, became a, an option, um, that I would have never considered prior. I was very straight edge for the bulk of my life. Um, you know, anti-drugs kind of like really swept into the whole war on drugs narrative and was raised to be a good little, you know, Christian boy that doesn't do that. I mean, you know, I messed around and experimented a little bit throughout my teen years and stuff, but you know, more or less, I kind of missed the Missed the early rave culture doof days and the warehouse parties that all my friends were doing. And, you know, and I was really proud of that, like to be this like straight edge dude, um, you know, we're in a band, like a punk band, straight edge kind of punk band, you know, like it was, it was. I remember them. Yeah. yeah it was just like, kind of like a bit naff to be doing like, you know, pingers at Cryo Castle. I was like, oh, you know, like, oh man, we're playing punk. Like this, yeah, this is the revolution. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um. I, I, so, so basically, um, how the psychedelics or, the, or, you know, kind of really happened was, was quite interesting as well. So when I kind of hit this low point again, I was just like, man, I just, I, I, I can't, I can't, 
can't continue living like this. Like I'm not, there's, there's just, I, I, this is, I'm a shell of a, of a being. I, I haven't met my potential. I, I'm not feeling good. I'm now destroying other people. Like this is, this is just not, um, this is not the way. Um, so I realized maybe once again, I need to be feeling back into my kind of, you know, spirituality and, and those endeavors. And, um, so I kind of decided to re to, to try and re-enter that space, even though I, I felt quite burnt out and, and wounded, um, from my, you know, former experiences. And, um, so I kind of thought I'd be a bit more practical this time around. Um, and, go for experiential, um, you know, my, my evidence, I needed evidence. I needed to know, I needed some kind of more tangible proof experientially to give me some, some fuel in the tank. So I, I'd recall my experiences as a child, um, you know, these hauntings that, that, that I would experience, um, in numerous places and ways. And, um, the most disturbing kind of experiences that I had paranormally, I suppose, as a kid was these, often these shadow people would be in my bedroom walking around and just, you know, sitting down in the corner of the room. And, and this was a, you know, regular common thing. And, um, also co-witnessed by other siblings and friends that had stayed. So it wasn't like just some hypnagogic crazy state. It was, you know, a definite kind of phenomena. And the energy of these beings was always very dense and prickly and real. It's, you know, you know, when something or someone else is around you or in the room and that's, that, that was kind of what was going on. And as a young child, like, you know, that's, that's just absolutely terrorizing. So I was thinking about this experience and I didn't really know much about, you know, what these particular beings or entities were. So I remember I was like doing a bit of a Google search on these shadow creatures and shadow beings and, um, found this crazy paranormal forum with all these people just talking about their experiences. And I was like, wow, there's so many people that are having, you know, this kind of shared phenomena experience. And, um, but no one really seems to know what's going on and some people are just like oh you know it's demons and other people are like oh no it's aliens and um one person this really interesting comment like oh i i think it's astral projectors and i was kind of like ah oh. and i didn't really know a, a great deal of astral projection um you know i kind of knew a little bit but i'm like okay that sounds interesting so i kind of started uh, looking into and researching astral projection and out-of-body experiences and near-death experiences. So I came across like Robert Monroe's material and reading some of his stuff and then, you know, found, you know, um, some articles and, and writings about like CIA experiments um, of, you know, inducing out-of-body experience and remote viewing and all this kind of like super interesting stuff. I was like, ah, aha, okay, so... Here's a, here's a field that I need to be spending, you know, my energy on, you know, um, learning about and possibly doing. So I just got obsessed, uh, with, with astral projection and reading everything I could and then trying. That's, that's interesting. Cause I had the same you thing. Yeah. The same thing. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. When I was a teenager yep. obsessed with astral projection. Yeah. And that was kind of like exciting because it was like a part of me like lit up again, like, oh, like this spark, like, oh, you know, like there was some hope again, you know, yeah. it was like, Oh, okay. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm maybe I'm back on some kind of track here. And that was, that was just, it, it filled me with, with hope. And that's all I needed, I guess, to keep going. 
Um, so I, I spent a considerable amount of time, probably over the course of a year, doing stupidly lengthy, uh, you know, like meditations and practices to uh, try and induce a conscious out of body experience. Did you succeed? So I had two successful out of body experiences, like conscious, conscious mm-hmm. ones, and that was it. So after the first one, uh, I was just, I was just like mind blown i just couldn't believe i was like wow okay what happened so you ended up like outside of your body yeah so i left my body um and i was able to basically navigate the house um and it was it was this this the first one i think was at night so there was really nothing that interesting going on um but i was in this fully kind of i won't call it high definition because i suppose it was a little fuzzier and maybe because i wasn't very good at it. Um, you know, it was kind of, I had these like beer goggles in that space. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it wasn't long either. I think I kind of made it out of my bedroom door, turned, turned the corner into the hallway and then got too excited and then just felt this like snap back into my body and that was it. Mm. Um, and then another couple of times were actually a, a lot more fruitful and had some interesting experiences that, um, I feel, validated and confirmed that it was a real experience Mm -hmm. so one was with a neighbor i kind of i didn't go into their house but i kind of somehow got close to their property Mm -hmm. and i could hear a conversation happening between the mother and the child Mm -hmm. but this was on a school day and she should have been at school Mm -hmm. and then i found out later that afternoon that she was homesick and wasn't at school so like I, i definitely kind of like realized we're dealing with these like extrasensory expanded kind of you know um not located in my body kind of state. So, so that was, that was enough for me to just be like, Oh, okay. I, I, you know, I'm just going to have to like start again in terms of everything and what I thought I knew. And like, and I, it was great because it gave me, it gave me this, um, this, this beautiful kind of the gift of it was like, yeah, man, you got no fucking idea about anything, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and that's cool. Like be excited Mm -hmm. about that, you know? Um, so actually that was a little bit earlier before I was in this turmoil. I had this kind of interaction with the astral projection, but then, um, then I was visiting a friend and, um, so yeah, I was, I, I was at this point back to like, you know, um, being kind of struggling and, and looking for, looking for these kind of, um, uh, you know, the help. And, uh, a friend was telling me about this experience that they'd had, um, at a friend's house the weekend before. And, bunch of guys sitting around a couch this bong gets passed around and uh he tells me his experience he's like so my mate gave me this bong and I, like took this massive hit and then like next minute i'm like looking back on myself sitting in the chair slouched down like a like a corpse with this bong in my hand and all my mates are like making a fuss over me and trying to get the bong out of my hands and he's just like and i'm freaking out because i'm like uh, am I dead? Like, did I just die? And he's like, what the fuck did I just smoke? What did these guys give me? And like, he, he literally had this like 15 minute flip out experience. Mm. He's like, I was out of my body watching this commotion of everyone fussing over me. Mm. And I thought I was dead, mm. but then I came back and, mm. and, and I was like, I was like, well, I wouldn't believe you unless I'd actually had an out of body experience. Like, dude, what the hell did you smoke? Like, what was this? Mm. Um, and because I was so naive with, you know, I guess like plants and drugs and everything, I was just like, he's like, oh, it's, it's, this stuff is called like DMT. It's like Changa. I'm like, and that was it. Like once I heard, you know, like DMT and Changa, 
this just like opened up this brand new obsession for me because I was like, wait, so there's something that I can ingest or smoke or take that will essentially save me three hours of meditating. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was it. So like I I just got obsessed with, with, um, you know, DMT and researching about it and, you know, joining all the forums, um, had no access to it. I didn't know anybody. And then, you know, there's, there's that kind of old, old, uh, you know, you don't find the DMT, the DMT finds you. Mm. And, you know, I was happy enough with that because I, I started to feel like I was already, um, you know, there was, there was, there was some hope for me to kind of heal and get better. Mm. And then obviously through the course of research of DMT, I started learning about other plants and reading people's trip reports. So that's where psychedelics really came into my awareness mm. And I guess the potential of them to be um, these incredible tools of transformation and healing and change. Um, and uh, yeah, so fast forward a bit. Um, I met a guy who's actually like a, a print, not an apprentice, but a guy that I was training to replace me to do my job. And this is like probably one of the first real magical psychedelic experiences I had with a, with a person. There was just something in him that I like instantly recognized there was a shining in his eyes or something i knew that this guy was like you know um gonna be special and we worked together for a few days and he was really young from the east coast and um and i just like i felt this like i gotta ask this guy about dmt like i've just gotta like put it out there and in the context of the minds you know you don't talk about drugs you don't you don't you don't do that you know like so you gotta be very very kind of like um low-key about anything that you do that's not basically deemed as reasonable and safe like mm. drinking yourself into oblivion is okay you know um, <laughs> so anyways i asked him about i'm like Man, have, you, have you heard of this stuff this dmt stuff and he's just eyes like like allies just his pupils dilated and he looked at me he's like did you just fucking say dmt mate and i'm like <laughs> i'm like yeah yeah he's like oh he's like oh my god and i'm like what he's like man like fucking hey man i've done dmt like like a hundred times and like, like that was it the moment he said that i'm like dude i'm about to pick your brain for like a month straight so we became like really um you know really close and I just used him as this kind of uh, library of experiential <laughs> information. And because he was so young, his DMT experiences were just like insane, you know. Um, so it was just this amazing kind of comical, um, you know, way for me to kind of begin to understand psychedelia without directly experiencing it. And then um, eventually he kind of was able to track some down and he's like, look, I can get some. And at this point, I was just like, what? Like, oh, my God, this is happening. We're going to do this. Like, I've been waiting years. Like, here we go. And then he was like, look, man, like, no offense, but you're like, you're a little vanilla. Like, you're a little green. I'm like, what, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm like, man, I got to do this. You don't understand. Like, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm like, I'm like, every spare hour I'm reading, I'm researching, I'm fucking dreaming about smoking it. Like, you don't get like, like, don't you tell me what I'm ready for. And he's like, no, no, honestly, he's like, man, have you ever tripped? And I'm like. No. And, and he's like, look, look, man. I like, he's like, I highly suggest that, you know, he's like, DMT is pretty serious stuff. He's like, I, I, he's like, look, I know that this means a lot to you. So I don't want you to have a bad experience that you can't handle. Like, I want this to go well for you. So I kind of think you need a bit of training. Mm-hmm. So um, he's like, yeah, have you done LSD? And I mean, still, 
I was still a bit kind of like, you know, I'm like, yeah, LSD, I don't know, man. You know, I've, I've heard that that stuff gets lodged in your spine. And, uh, you <laughs> it's know. chromosome damage. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You <laughs> know, when you crazy. That's, that's right. You know, full loony bin and, and, and it'll keep like, you know, you'll, you'll have these repeat experiences randomly for the rest of And he's like, dude, fucking what a load of bullshit. He's like, where do you hear that? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, probably my, my, my dad. Like, and, um. <laughs> So he's like, look, go and do some research and get back to me. He's like, but I, I think you need to do some acid, bro. And so anyways, I, I, I spent like a few weeks thoroughly investigating and reading up on LSD and, you know, it's safety and all the LD50 studies. And I was just like, I, I quickly realized I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm just so naive. Fucking hell. What an idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this stuff is safe. You know, I've, I've really, as long as, as long as it is what it is, I think I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I've got nothing to worry about. So we set up this night, managed to locate some, like track some down and, um, yeah, created a bit of a space. Um, and I, I mean, he was a quite a, quite a, you know, heroic drug taker and suggested that I start with two tabs, um, which I did. <laughs> and, uh, that was at that point, that was the most significant and greatest night of my life. That, that LSD experience was, was like being handed the keys back to my own kingdom to some degree. It was, it was like this, this answer, um, to, 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 to many of the questions. And, um, but then, you know, so many more questions were emerging, but it felt like this rebirth experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was it. And then, yeah, shortly after we, we, we did the Chang'e and then once again, you know, life-changing experiences. Um, but the interesting thing that happened with the Chang'e was on my first time and with him that we actually had a co-witnessed co experience of an entity. Mm. Um, so my very first DMT time, uh, we, we both um, saw and experienced the same phenomena. Wow. What, did you, what did you both see? So it was like... This was, it was definitely the craziest experience I think I've even, I've had with another person still to date. Mm. Um, we were like swapping bodies. Hmm. It was like we were going through this cosmic tumble dryer, a washing machine, like going in and out of our bodies and then through some big circuit that was, you know, um, through that infinity eternity loop of the cosmos and then back through the body and then I'd be him and then he'd be me. And we were, it, it was, it was quite Ketamine like, I guess, yeah, like, yeah. like now in, in, in hindsight, but there was, there was no definition between myself and him and the rest of, you know, um, um, reality. Uh, it was, it was a very expanded kind of, uh, you know, collective experience. Mm. But as we came back and came through, we we're kind of sitting in, you know, in that beautiful, um, neon digital Chang'e jungle afterglow. Um, just sitting there kind of like catching our breath, just like, like, holy fuck, man, what the hell was that? And even he was like a bit like, uh, he, he looked quite traumatized actually. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, are you all right? And he's like, I don't know, man, what just happened? I'm like, I don't know. Like, isn't this normal? Like I had no idea. <laughs> and he was this like, what happens when you smoke Chang'e? <laughs> he's like, this has never happened before. Um, and he was quite rattled. Like he, he, he was trying to like understand what the, what the shit we'd just gone through. So we're sitting there kind of like just, you know, and I was actually okay with it. Cause I kind of expect, I'm like, well, isn't this what, you know, what the deal is like, it's going to be crazy. Um, 
And then this kind of uh, black hole void, like started appearing on the living room carpet in front of us. It was like this kind of dense hole and it started growing and growing. And it was kind of like a smoky, I don't know, smoky, inky, dense black hole. And then these like tendrils started coming out from it and reaching towards us in a, in a very menacing and stabby kind of like protrude, retract, but, you know, inching closer and closer, much like a lot of DMT hmm. often can be, you know, um, hmm. but it, 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 it felt ominous and, and it was like sucking the air and the life force out of the room. And I remember I just started like, I lost, I couldn't breathe. I was like, <gasps> and I started having this like panic attack while I'm watching this kind of whatever this, space invading thing was um you know ruin our good trip and um and then my mate just started like saying these positive mantras and be like this is beautiful this is amazing how gorgeous is this and you know i can't remember what else but Mm. but he 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 was um yeah kind of like commanding this space and i didn't realize that he could see what i could at this point but as he was doing that this thing started to like shrivel up and die and you know back back from whence it came kind of thing. <laughs> and then the room became beautiful again and that yeah. was done. Yeah. And then, so we, we, we kind of like, fuck, it took us forever to debrief this experience. But, um, you know, we debriefed for, for a few hours later when we were kind of like, you know, okay again. And I was kind of like, man, I'm so glad that you kind of like opened your mouth and, you know, kind of, you know, said those beautiful things. Cause I was having a really hard time you know um i was i was in and he's i'm like why why like i didn't want to say anything because i he already seemed rattled so i didn't want to tell him what i what i'd kind of experienced or witnessed and um i'm like why did you say those things and he's like why do you fucking think didn't you see that fucking crazy octopus thing (laughs) and i was like oh my god like (laughs) so yeah like we so so you know all of my initial experiences have just been like kind of I feel different. So he went straight pretty much. I think a lot of people, they, <laughs> they see, you know, they see some interdimensional entity and they're like, is that real? Like, mm. you know, they kind of come to terms with it. You really got thrown in the deep end right away where you, could, <laughs> you couldn't actually say, nah, that didn't happen. Or there's some, there's some logical, rational explanation no, for that. It was, it was, it was, a, it was about as objective as, as I suppose it could maybe get. Uh, and I, I mean, and that's like, for me now, this is kind of the struggle, you know, rolling forward to um, where I, where I sit now with the work and my experiences and co-experiences with other people. I'm really realizing um, there's no point me trying to convince anyone mm. uh, about this. I think you've either experienced it or you haven't. Yeah. And if you want to sit on the sidelines with conjecture of like, you know, is this like just subjectivity or yeah. projection? I mean, that's fine. Like it doesn't like who cares really? The um, old sitting on the fence posture. Mm. And And to be honest, I think that skepticism is super healthy and actually really needed because, you know, it's very easy to go off the deep end when it comes to realms of spirits and entities and, you know, you can kind of get a bit baked and cooked. Uh, so I, I think it's kind of okay to err more on the side of disbelief. So when you know, I talk to people about this stuff now, or we're kind of experiencing it, it's, it's like, look, until it's relevant, it's not relevant. So don't worry about it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, 
And even for me in my personal life, it's not, it's not a very present reality until it is. Mm. And it is in the sessions with people or with medicine or, you know, um, but outside of that, I'm not really very consumed with, you know, like caring because mm. it's like, well, I'm here to live my life, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so anyways, but yeah, early on, I had a lot of, a lot of these, um, these experiences, these collective experiences with people that the only way to explain them is the most simple, like it is what it is, you yeah. know? And, 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 and I don't really have much issue accepting that because I guess my whole life I've experienced crazy phenomena uh, mm. that I just, it just doesn't make sense any other way than to just take it at the value of what it is. Yeah. And even now, I guess like coming out a bit more publicly these days and, and, and speaking more openly about it, um, I kind of like that's, that is a challenge. It can be challenging because it's kind of territory that a lot of people aren't comfortable with. Do, do you, um, do you see, do you think you sort of have, do you have difficulty with people thinking you're crazy? Do you struggle with that? Or is that something that that you that kind of gets in your kind of craw? Yeah, yeah it, it definitely does. Look, no one's really directly made me feel anything. Like no one's been horrible or anything. But it's it's more, I, you know, I, I'm pretty intuitive and I can pick up you know, people quite well. So mm. I, I know when they think I'm a fucking dickhead. <laughs> so, and, and often like, you know, the eye roll will happen or I'll, you know, get like a very pointed, like question or statement after I've said something, which mm. is indicative of them thinking I'm absolutely full of shit. Yeah. You know, they'd be like, yeah. Oh, you know, um, well, maybe is it pathological? So, mm, <laughs> you know, uh, okay. You know, I'm just going to stop talking. No, so. you're pathological. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 kind of um, yeah. It, it can be challenging to navigate the the world of evidence and you know scientific psychedelic research and inquiry when we're talking about, I guess, more spiritual or extra dimensional aspects because obviously it is very subjective. To many people. Well, this is um, the thing. We talk about subjective reality. Some people talk about subjective reality as if the supposed objective, you know, quote unquote scientific, like, you know, this is this is this is the something that's been written down and we've done the double blind placebo studies is more valid than the individual experience, you know. Yeah, and and absolutely, and I think this is really going to come to the foreground as we as this community and the psychedelic movement, um, I guess, emerges more into the mainstream, mm. um, especially with the medicalization and and the therapeutic aspects of of you know uh, plant work uh, in the context of wellness and mental health, mm. um, where I guess they they need controlled environments, they need outcomes that are somewhat tangible and you know um quantifiable and i guess safe mm -hmm. you know but i think anyone that's really spent some considerable time in the psychedelic or the plant space would intrinsically know or understand that that's 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 not the nature of this stuff mm -hmm. it's it, it can't be pegged down mm. or put under a microscope so easily mm -hmm. um that you can't run analytics. I mean, yeah, to some degree you can, but in terms of like the full, you know, high dose breakthrough psychedelic state of whichever plant or, or, or you know, like um, drug you're working with, it doesn't give a shit about those constructs or rules, mm. you know, and very quickly it will, will turn that on its head. And I think mm. psychedelics will often do that for us. And that's, that's the point, you know, they, mm. they, they test our 
dogma and our ideas and our religion and our thinking. And, you know, I think yeah. science definitely falls into that category quite a lot. Yeah. And I think what I'm realizing now, and it's, it's, is that a lot of people that seem to be the most skeptical of, you know, um, maybe people's experiences like myself and others that I work with and other people mm. that have these experiences, a lot of those people don't really seem to be doing the, the high dose work no. so it's like I, i'm not sure how qualified they really i mean they're not qualified yeah so and <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know um yeah so it's it, it can be a bit scary uh you know i guess leaving the safety of of evidence and and having some paper to like back up you know what your experience is or, or saying without turning into some freudian kind yeah. of concept but but i think it's <clears> i think it's 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 something that I've talked to quite a few people about when they, when you have that shared experience with a few people, mm. where mm. that's where the sort of penny drops, you know, where you can't easily deny it when, you know, you're interacting with these beings and they're affecting your reality, for example. That's when, that's when you, you know, you've kind of got to give up that, that particular yep. worldview, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious. So you, you at that at this point just introduced to DMT and Changa, and then you, I would imagine, having talked to you, I don't know all the details of your story. Maybe we don't need to get too yeah, yep, detailed, yep, but yep. you, as I understand it, you went through a initiation phase and so how long did that phase go for and what would you say the initiations were yeah so so after that kind of point i i probably spent the next two years uh regularly working with lsd and dmt and changa um like that was a very important at the same time uh no 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 like alternating sometimes together but no typically not together that that would on occasion, but mm. but yeah, typically um, one or the other was happening, you know, weekly, mm. and, and um, that 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 solid time was really me um, coming into myself and and kind of regaining a trust in reality and just you know like a concept of of higher power and all the rest. Um, so so that was yeah a really big time of just initial kind of transformation for me um and a lot of insights started coming through and 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 i i guess you know people might call them downloads or whatever but but i guess plant wisdom um that not many other people seem to kind of we're having these kind of direct messages i remember we had some early chats about some of the things that were emerging um and you know you kind of understood you had had similar similar kind of dialogues and things, you know, just about the nature of the plants and the work and what's entailed here. But it wasn't really until I met you uh, and, you know, drunk my first brew that I think the initiation's really begun. In Esperance. And how the hell did I end up in Esperance? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how did you end up in Esperance? Uh, Yeah, and that's... Because you were there, you were harvesting, weren't you? I think I didn't know what you were out there for a harvest mission, and I was a little bit foot footloose and fancy free because yep. I inherited some money from yes. my aunt. Yeah, so I research. had a little bit of time, and I got invited to Esperance by a mutual friend, Damien, mm. and he uh, to visit him. It's beautiful, actually, beautiful little seaside. Oh, that was town. a good, that, yeah, 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 and. Um, 
and then we did a little group with um with uh three people mm. um and so what so what 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 happened for you when you drank ayahuasca what was the the shift there for you so i think i think like the um the the journey with the lsd and the dmt was really challenging my my concept of uh, you know god and what that meant and if that meant anything what what was left in me residual that needed to be addressed and i was i was still a part of me was still holding on to you know that ingrained christian dogmatic programming so i there was a still quite a fear in in all of that inquiry with these psychedelics that i was actually doing something bad that was quite evil and you know going to potentially compromise my soul and send me to hell like and i was very worried that you know that maybe, you know, when I was smoking DMT, I was like, I was like, you know, invoking Satan himself, you know, and because the experience can feel very intense and dark and just big and powerful as a kind of very binary thinking kind of, you know, theologian that you just black and white, that's evil straight up. So, so, you know, it took me a while to kind of like um unwrap and unpack like where i was sitting with that because i felt like I, I i couldn't you know i was having these beautiful experiences but i was i still wasn't letting go of that form of programming so the first brew uh you know with you i can't recall i haven't read the trip report in in years now but um i just remember it answered a lot of questions mm. like instantly like like a lightning bolt was just like there you go next you know that's that's childish like how about these questions? And it just gave me this like basket load of, you know, new concepts to wrestle with and, and, and deal with. Um, that was just, you know, like blowing my mind just relentlessly. Like I already thought like, you know, I'd, I'd seen and experienced so much and, and, and that brew was just knockout. And I remember like my biggest intention or the, the biggest question I had for the night and I was really reluctant and scared to even pose this was like, what is God or who is God? That's what I'm going into this brewery. Like I want to find out what, what, what God is or who, who it is. And um, once we'd kind of gone through my list, my, my running list of, of questions for the ayahuasca, um, I think that was the last one. And uh, I remember I kind of, you know, put that thought out. All right, ready for the big, the big one. Here we go. Like, you know, the most cliche question a human could ask. <laughs> and um <laughs> And this this dimension that like unfolded, it was oh god, the plants are so funny. I just remember I was transported into this uh, vortex, this tunnel, this cloud. You know, the end of life kind of white light, swirling heavenly kind of uh, experience. And I started traveling up and up and up and up towards this light through these beautiful clouds. And there were like you know a coral of angels kind of singing and and. I'm like, here we go, I'm going to meet him. Like, it's going to happen. <laughs> and, you know, this suspense was just, it was drawn out, this whole tunnel experience. And then uh, I remember the, the the peak of this kind of, like, cosmic cloud formation was coming. And as I kind of, like, burst through the uh, event horizon of it, like, you know, the, the greatest orgasmic, like, you know, uh, angelic kind of, oh, like, came out. And then there was just at the top, this like shitty little bathroom mirror and I was just like looking at my dumb munted face and I was just like, ah, 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 ah. 
I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, oh my god, all right. It's a British comedy moment. Yeah, yeah, and that was it. It was like, yeah, dude, like it's 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 your, it's everything, it's everyone. Um, like stop thinking so you know so rigidly and and that was kind of it. I remember after that, I kind of chatted to you, Julian, the next morning. My mind was blown. I think you know I discussed a bit of my experience and because I was kind of like I had no compass, I had no community. I'm like, is this shit normal? Like, am, am I am I am I crazy? Like, I, I I don't have any way to gauge this. This is getting really you know interesting. And I I recall you said something like, yeah, you you. Most people, it takes a few drinks to probably get to, you know, some of that insight. So I think you're on the right track. And, you know, that felt great for me. And then I was just like, okay, so where do I go from here? And then I remember you're like, oh, well, you know, you just, just start brewing and drinking. And I was just like, what? Like, it was like, can I do that? Like, it's like, can I do that? And, and I think he looked at me like, I don't know, can you do that? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like oh yeah, I, I, of course I can fucking do that. And then, yeah, you showed me the accumulator and how to identify that tree. And then I was like, oh my God, these are all around my area where I live. I know these trees and yep, they're around. And, and that was that. After that, I just started brewing and drinking and brewing and drinking. And, and I was doing that, you know, for the better part of probably year and a half I think two years like every at least every fortnight but most weeks yeah well, I was yeah. I was drinking uh ayahuasca and then also Syrian rue with so you this was a deeper phase of initiation yes. would you say yep and this is where the real initiations I guess into these plants that I'm now working with came from um and then you came and run a group uh and we yeah kind of did that WA ayahuasca circle with a few people and that was and I thought like maybe two or three people would come and ended mm. up with like 14 all from around the yeah all that that obscure where did we do it again we did that in um oh god what's the name of the place some port hope or something yeah like hope town hope town hope town yeah yep. so it's the middle of nowhere effectively yeah and yep. people drive from all over southern <laughs> southeastern <laughs> west australia to come to this group yeah, and that was that was quite a that was quite a group. So yeah, Julian Julian kind of came and you know like lit up lit up Hope Town and <laughs> and turned a bunch of people on. Um, and then through that, I met a couple of you know cool cats that are you know friends of friends of mine now. And you know when Julian left, he he left a you know a pretty a, a Julian sized hole uh, there, and you know because he was kind <laughs> of like traveling and doing his thing. We were like, okay, well, he's not, he's not like, you know, on call to do this. And everyone seemed quite interested to like, well, let's do this again. This was mm, great. Mm. And we kind of realized that I think he even told us, like, oh, you guys just like organize your own group and drink or something. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so from there we kind of, I was drinking by myself and brewing a lot. So I was kind of starting to um, get really familiar with that process and get confident um, I was having all these incredible experiences and a lot of amazing, um, I guess, communication with, with the acacia and with, with the ayahuasca. Um, and then we decided that we'd run our own groups, um, me and a couple of these guys. And um, so at that stage, I was brewing because that's what I was, you know, kind of good at and doing. And the brews were really decent from all the feedback I was getting. And, you know, these guys are drunk quite a bit with, you know, quite a few facilitators and you know one of my friends who's you know a bit of a mentor to me was like yeah look you're 
you're really onto something here, man. Like, you know, keep at it. This is, this is really beautiful stuff. You've got a real gift for this. I'm like, oh, you know, it's just a cup of tea, you know, like Julian says, it's no big deal, but you know, I'm learning that maybe it is a little bit of a deal for some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit of a deal. That's right, yeah. So yeah, we were doing these groups and then, you know, did a couple and there was just a point, like I never wanted to facilitate. I never wanted to, you know, I was just happy drinking by myself and slowly healing and getting insight and just trying to be a better version of myself for my wife and my children. And, um, but then it was, you know, it was in one of the groups um, where the plants were like talking to me about this group that we were doing. And they were just like, look, it's really great that you're doing this with these guys and these people, but why, like, like, why do you feel like you're not qualified to do this or to hold space? Like, is this not your brew that we're drinking? Mm. Do you not know this brew better than anyone else? Mm. That's basically serving it for the first time and never sat with it. Like, mm. and, and the brew, like, like the ayahuasca was really challenging me and my thinking and my resistance, like, why do you feel like you're not able to do this because you do know how to do this? Like mm. you've, you've been in this space a lot now. Um, you're starting to really work through your own mud and shadow. You're about as qualified as it's going to get for out West right now You know, in, in this pocket. Like, and it was just like, it's not even about you, bro. Like yeah. people need access to do this and they need the work. So like, get out of your head and yeah. just, you know, just, just do, do your best. Like yeah. you've got us, like we're doing the, we're doing the work actually, yeah. not you. Yeah. So that was yeah. it. So very quickly I was like, Oh, but I don't I'm like, fuck, it's not about you dickhead. Like, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so once I kind of then decided, okay, well maybe I, maybe I could try and do this. Um, mm. then I started doing very small groups with some friends and sharing it with them and kind of one-on-one sessions. Um, and yeah, very quickly and very apparently, it became obvious that there was uh, there was work for me that was kind of maybe different uh, in this space to do, and people started having very interesting experiences that you know I, I guess you know I, I would spade spade I guess they're you know fully possessed manifestations of entities and yep. spirits and a whole range of dense you know kind of. Um, frequencies coming through them uh you know and i i had these baptismal experiences that were just white knuckle uh of trying to help and assist these people through some really insane nights and hard you know um hard experiences um so you know basically exorcism um style work or or, or depossession work or you know purification clearing whatever whatever you want to call it um <laughs> and yeah. so when did you realize that you were being called that was your work that you were being given and how how did you find that was that a hard thing to sort of accept yeah it was terrifying because initially the experiences were so unbelievable and so um unpredictable and beyond standard drinking or standard ayahuasca it was like it was, it was like you you might as well have taken a completely different substance and you were having a different experience entirely um yeah. and that was a bit shocking because my personal solo work drinking wasn't like that mm. it was like it was like you know just hanging with the plants and they're telling me what to do and how to like change my life yeah. and giving me insights and oh next time you brew try this you know it was, it was just like this kind of like 
you know, communion of, of, of friends. Yeah. But then when this, you know, I'd start doing work with people, they'd be like, yeah, right, we're getting to work. And the plants would be talking to me and preparing me like, right, shit's about to go down with this person. Mm. You know, you got to get ready to, to, to help out here mm. and do what we say. Mm. Um, so a part of me was terrified because I had no intrinsic skill or training uh, you know, dealing with um, with some of these crazy manifestations. But, uh, you know, the plants were, were very vocal and present for me and mm. would tell me what to do or how to approach yeah. any given scenario. So I, yeah. I, I learned to trust that. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And then the plants were just like, look, this is all about trust. Yeah. And, um, and I guess this is the thing, even with the work I do now, like I, I've got to be, personally, I've got to be very careful with how much I question the validity of the experiences or, um, you know, if they're real or not, because often the plants will really, uh, I get told off a lot when I doubt, you know, like doubt's been a big thing for me in this journey and the plants are getting sick of it. You know, they're like, so (laughs) in, at this time, your reality is looking like ghostbusters, manifest your experiencing yeah yeah. i remember talking to you and you're talking about poltergeists entities phenomena yeah and you're you've got a young family getting terrorized yeah yeah and i'm wondering at this point (laughs) how in your kind of personal development so, so in some sense the reason you got into this was to work on your your core issues did you feel that you were working on them that there was some change in you at this point not so much when i work with others um at all mm. but in my like if i join one of your groups or do a retreat or something then mm. absolutely that was a very personal you know mm. um introspective healing experience with lots of growth and challenge yeah. um and my own shit you know mm. but but i guess in the spaces of you know um working with others or facilitating for others. Um, it's, it's just kind of more like emergency response. Mm. Not so much these days. Yeah. Cause it's, it's very different the way I kind of work now. But um, back then it was, was this kind of like crisis going on and you just kind of like, you're just doing what you got to do. Yeah. It's not really about any of that. I'm just trying mm. to help this person to, yeah. you know, yeah. um, evict this energy or, or, or this process and right. release. Right. So it wasn't, re- I mean, look, I, I'm sure in some ways what I learned was, was how real these um, unseen realities are mm. and how much they uh, are likely affecting us. Yeah. And yeah. I guess that's where it gave me more of an awareness mm. of, the spiritual or extra dimensional um, forces mm. uh, on all levels, yeah. um, you know, psychic, immaterial beings, whatever, like there's a whole, it's a whole soup, you know, mm. um, and how much we're actually affected in our day to day. And I guess that that was the kind of growth from, 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 from those experiences early on was like, Oh, okay. So what have I got that's working against me? Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that took quite some time to really start to even get to the bottom of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it was undeniable. So I kind of started suspecting that, well, I too have experienced some mm. trauma that m- might have some ties in more etheric kind of, you know, there might be some origins that are outside of this, this kind of realm and experience as well, mm. um, or attached to it. Um, so. And so at this point, 
were did you begin to start to practice dispossession with people? Was that something that started to happen? What was the No, nah, look, it's it's not something that I like really advertised or and it wouldn't happen all the time. Often just have really amazing groups that yeah. were you know very normal ayahuasca yeah, and everyone's yeah. just doing their thing and yeah. amazing. Um but I would find that I guess the plants would just, you know, make that connection to me and the other person that maybe needed that assistance or mm. that space for them to, to go into that process. Um, and it's just kind of organically happened. So I don't really, it's, uh, it's not like the thing. It's not like my shtick. I think it's just one part of this work, but I think it's a really important part of this work mm. that I haven't, I mean, yeah, there's other people that do this for sure. Mm. Um, and I kind of believe it should be, it's just a normal thing. I'm surprised it's not kind of happening more in people's groups or with other facilitators mm. or when people are drinking, you know, privately with their friends. And maybe it is, and they're just, you know, um, identifying it as a, a bad trip or something, mm. something mm. else, or they're trying to shut down the process. I, I, I'm not entirely sure, but, mm. you know, when I talk to others about this, it seems to be quite unique or they don't really have much, you know, direct experience. So, um, mm. so look, it's, it's, it's definitely not all I do, um, mm. with, with, with this work, but I, I definitely seem to, um, you know, um, meet people that, that, um, need that assistance yeah. or they somehow find me and and it's usually spontaneous but i guess now i'm kind of always i try to always be prepared mm. to just get into whatever has to happen mm. uh, or not get into it if that's the case and um yeah let it all happen in its own time and this is the thing with i think with all the plant um work with people and just their our own personal journeys i think everything has a time and a place and yeah. it will just happen in its timing mm. um so i try not to be too forceful with these processes with people and mm. i really think until we're all ready to address aspects of our trauma our pain or or you know we're ready to maybe be open enough to um see the possibility of maybe these influences mm. you're just not going to get anywhere you yeah. know so so it's just i i'm i'm very you know yeah. it's I, I just kind of let it yeah i try and let it be organic and yeah. like it always has been just let the plants you know direct and guide that process yeah. and they always yeah. have you yeah know? yeah well this is the thing that i think is key i think some people have the idea that they're going to go to the amazon they're going to meet some like yoda figure who's going to teach them that secret shamanism and they're going to learn how to levitate and do all this magic stuff but if you look into it closely you'll find that within that paradigm the learning is in the space itself. That the right. plants are the teachers. The plants are the plant. Uh, the teachers. That you know, the, it's good to have people to talk to and help guide you, um, and and debrief. But ultimately, the teaching is in the space. And I think that we forget that. You yeah. know, we f yeah. we forget that because we have this. I think this idea of this often paternal figure who is going to kind of like teach us the way, right? But, and I think the plants are so good at teaching if we're receptive and open and capable and we're willing to listen and we're willing to learn. Our culture and society hasn't even gotten to the yeah. point where actually very many people are having the dialogue that 
this communication and teaching can go in the first place because our overall paradigm it's it's kind of considered a foolish thing to say yeah that the plants are actually sentient and having dialogue with people but being a facilitator it's like it's completely normal it's what you expect to hear yeah from people is that yes well you know i engaged in a dialogue with the acacia or ayahuasca or whatever plant and it helped me to see this about myself and gave me this advice and you know you actually have a uh, uh, an interchange with a non-human entity and I think because it's non-human like the idea mm-hmm. that the shamans at the edge of the village mm-hmm. no interaction in the world at all and because it's not a human there's no there's no agenda at all you know, this, you know, whereas a shaman at the edge of the village, you know, he's not, you're not going to interact with, he's not going to have any agenda in your world. So you kind of feel safe with him. With the plants, they don't have any agenda at all. So you can kind of trust what they're saying. And what they're saying is so tuned in to where you're at. You can't deny what they're saying is true. And also, eventually, you've got to surrender yourself to being fully exposed to them. And I think a lot of people have difficulty with that, just opening up and realizing that they can't hide anything. Yeah. There's nothing to hide. The plants know everything you're thinking, you're feeling, and who you are. And that's very confronting to realize. But once you come to terms with it, it's very liberating, you know? And I think taking that further, I think once you come to terms that other human beings have that same capacity – it's even mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. manifest mm-hmm. that each of us actually know what each of us are thinking and feeling at all mm-hmm, times. Mm-hmm. At first, that can be really freaky, but I think actually it can be extremely liberating yep. as well to have that awareness that um, uh, of, of 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 you know how intelligent each of us are. Um, so. Mm, mm. Let's let's kind of zero in, I suppose, into where you are now, and and maybe try, we try and understand the work that you do and the insights you've had mm-hmm. about about um, working with um, these entities and these spirits. Mm. So, I'm I'm wondering, I'm wondering, you know how how other people you work with mm-hmm. interpret or deal with what happens to them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, once again, once the experience is unfolding and you're in it, it's just undeniable. It is what it is. And I think people very quickly, um, and this is the beauty of it. You just adapt to it and you're like, Oh, okay. You know, fuck. Right. I didn't think this was possible yet. Here we are. And that's actually quite liberating for a lot of people, especially if they've got quite a rigid, you know, um, framework or ideology about, you know, the spiritual realm. Um, and, you know, lately I'm seeing more and more this really, this incredible openness of, of, of people that are willing, because, you know, when most people come to medicine, they're at their wits end anyways, like yeah. they're on the ropes and they're like, well, shit's not working for me. So I guess I need to like be open to change. Yeah. And that, so you're already kind of working from that foundation of malleability that, that you might not otherwise have. 
Um, and that's, that's kind of a key ingredient, I think, for these things and processes to happen and also for those experiences to be integrated or understood for what they are. Um, you know, I've like, <laughs> I worked with this uh, amazing, amazing, brilliant person, a psychologist who, you know, um, two nights in a row, we're doing heavy, heavy set, you know, um, kind of entity work. And, and this person was, I think, a little in disbelief, you know, when we first met and talked, I kind of, you know, I, I translated a little bit of the work that I do, but I try not to talk about entities or anything too much with people. Cause it's just like, well, you know, it's not relevant. It's not going to be relevant. If it is, it'll come up and you know, I don't want to freak you out. So, um, but we did have some chats about, you know, just his understanding and experiences, but he seemed you know, quite the skeptic. Mm. And I could already tell he was just like, well, I'm doing this for my mental health. And cause I want to just, you know, kind of, I've, I've got things I want to address in my personal life, mm. but I guess the concept that maybe there was some interference was just not even a, you know, not even a thing or a possibility. Mm. And, um, you know, in that session very quickly, um, he was replaced by a completely different personality and being. Mm. Um, and, um, I think, he very quickly understood that he was not in Kansas anymore mm. um, and that this experience was was kind of pushing the boundaries of um, of his maybe, you know, former understanding of possibility. Um, and on night two, because we didn't quite have success with, I guess, um, eliminating this, this entity, we're trying to figure out firstly, you know, like what's going on here? Mm. Why is this happening? Mm. Does this have a personality? Does it have, you know, a message? What's the reason why this, this, you know, energy is like attaching to this person and mm. how's it affecting their lives? And it ended up turning out that it was, um, not a malefic kind of energy at all. And it was kind of this, you know, protector. Hmm. Um, and anyways, the, the, the funny part was, um, you know, I spent pretty much six hours with this, with this being mm. who's fully embodied in this guy. Mm. And it was a, just a completely different energy. It was a different mm. person or a yeah. different, you know, a different state. And mm. I was asking lots of questions um, and got lots of interesting, unique answers that just, you know, beyond this guy's, you know, kind of um, understanding or research or, you know, care factor really. Mm. And uh, he ended up recording a video mm. to himself to watch back the next day so he wow. could directly communicate and remind himself mm. of how real this was yeah. and how to basically re-engage and recontact mm. this, this spirit guide of his. Mm. Um, and that was a really interesting kind of, you know, um, automated process that the plants were working through, you know, these three, the, you know, him and this other being and stuff. So, um, you know, he, he, he really found that valuable yeah. um, to have that evidence that he, you yeah. know, of, of the experience and to not feel like, crazy um yeah but look to be honest a lot of people don't actually recall the sessions right right so typically what happens if 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 an energy or an entity will start to manifest or or, you know be flushed from somebody um they have uh, low recall it's like they Mm. they go into a a place of darkness Mm. They're miles away from their body, from me. Sometimes they'll say- Is that, that deliberate that they kind of go out of body and then the, 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 the entity kind of fully fully possesses them? 
So from what I, what, yeah, from what I think has happened is there's been a bit of a swap of energy. So that mm. entity or that, you know, that, yeah, that entity's come forward and fully taken over yeah. the body and mm. the biological suit. Yeah. And wherever that usually resides, mm. probably in some depth of the psyche or, you mm. know, um, part of their field, wherever that came from, that's where it sends the person. Because mm. often they'll, they'll describe it as just cold, dark, lonely. Wow. And when you speak to the entities, if you can actually get them to calm down, uh, they'll tell you that this has been their experience yeah. and generally why they've actually attached to a person yeah, because yeah, they've yeah. actually found a resonance with that, with uh, that person. Uh-huh. So, so really um, it's, it's quite boring for most people um, huh. like reviewing what happened because they don't remember. Okay. They'd be like, Oh, I heard your voice like kilometers away. Okay. And I remember you were trying to tell me to breathe or to, yeah, to well. do this or come back. Um, huh. So often I won't tell them, too much of the kind of maybe traumatic things that would sound or, or injurious fear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll kind of give them the, the gist of you yeah. know, the session. I mean, people are welcome, you know, like I often encourage them to record the session if they want, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, so in the, so I guess to people listening, a lot of people was like, like, well, <laughs> this is quite something else, you know, uh, this yeah. is the exorcist, but it's real. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm wondering what is the process for do you, you, so you go into a dialogue with the entity Yeah, yeah. and what is your intention and how do you, how do you disengage the entity through dialogue and then how do you actually disengage the entity? So, so, so these days it's a very gentle process. Um, I'm not, I'm not, um, on the back foot like I used to be, um, and before I would, I would, I would work off the assumption that these were all evil experiences or negative entities, mm-hmm. you know, um, like demonic forces or, yeah. and I'm actually finding now the reality is with my work nine out of 10 times they're, they're, um, benevolent beings that are lost and traumatized okay. or they've been hijacked themselves hmm. and they actually just need, uh, some space and some acknowledgement and some, therapy okay so basically so if if someone approaches me that has an inkling that this is an issue for them and they you know generally i I think how to diagnose whether this stuff is real for you or not um first off is there's just things in your life that aren't making sense or parts of your behavior Mm. that are just you just can't really get around uh, or you can't quite control to some degree And it just, you know, there's, there's a part of you that you just don't feel like you're fully owning, um, but it's still automated and doing its thing. And you feel like it, it might, there might be a manifestation of uncharacteristically negative behavior that's obviously out of kilter to yep. the ordinary consciousness or who you feel that you're not, that you are, that you are. Yep. Yeah, th- yep. th- then within our, within our regular scheduled consciousness, that's simply considered like a you know an unacknowledged aspect of the self. It's just considered a shadow, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's still considered part of the self. Yep. But in yep. that perspective, you're actually condemning yourself based upon an awareness of something that actually isn't you. You know exactly. So yep. it's quite a dang. I think that perspective, this this like dualistic. This kind of not dualistic, but this psychological mm-hmm, mm-hmm. framework that doesn't acknowledge, I suppose, it's all the, pathological. The, du- yeah, yep. the dualism of the spirit world, yep. of the of the etheric attachments, is actually 
possibly causing more harm yep. to the individual when the etheric attachment is not dealt with directly. Absolutely. So, and, 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 and with that, so what I would suggest is like, let's not jump to the conclusion that you're possessed or that that's even happening. Yeah. But if you've tried a lot of other things, you know, and you're doing everything else as, as, as best you can, but you're still finding you just can't quite get there. And it feels like there's some kind of, you know, incessant, never ending force that's blocking your progress in whatever it is. Then that's the time, I guess, to start asking if maybe there's some interference going on that's mm. maybe not just your own, you know, shadow self or, mm. or, or trauma. And look, to be honest, you can really work with, I think the way of dealing with these, which we'll start to talk about, like, I guess, how I do these sessions. Um, even if it was an unlocked, uh, you know, a locked away part of the self or the psyche, um, that was manifesting and not some externalized kind of entity or force. I think the, the process of release is much the same. Like it doesn't really matter if the person believes, mm. believes, I mean, it, it definitely helps. Yeah. But what I think like what, what you were saying, just reflecting a bit on that, I think this is a real problem that we have in this day and age in the West, you know, in other cultures, there's, there's just no question about yeah. the spiritual reality yeah. and, and ailments and problems and, right. and interferences. And that's a part of how they diagnose their physical health, their mental it's health. It's the all cosmology of, it. of yep. every traditional culture. There's yep. no real exceptions yep. to that. Except for us. Yeah. <laughs> and right. suddenly in, in, uh, you know, Australia, people like you and me and others were having this awareness and i think that needs to happen yep. and it's not and i think that that there has to be an emergence of people who have an awareness of these entities who can who can help others mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. clear and process them otherwise there's a huge imbalance within the the culture have you met many other people have you found people that you could learn from or like have you found some guides or wisdom out there in the world or other people who do this work yeah look there's definite tools i don't really hunt for it anymore i mean i've got a bunch of books on you know death walking and psycho pumping and and you know like tibetan rites and rituals and you know i've studied the roman catholic rites of exorcism Really good question because like, I think for me, what I've realized is, and this is a, I think a fairly fundamental principle of practical magic or, you know, magic in general, the real power behind any, any of, you know, that realm is, um, belief and intention. Mm. So for me, if I'm not feeling like something's authentic or genuine to my practice, it's not going to be very powerful. And I've tried it before. So, you know, I used to like, I'd like salt the room in circles and I'd do this and that. And, you know, like, like, you know, be, be kind of like prepared with all these kind of, um, tools of the trade mm. for, for, you know, like removing entities. Yeah. And I guess because it wasn't, it wasn't really my style or flair. I mean, sometimes it would work a little bit, but it was like, it just kind of just didn't really, it wasn't potent. Yeah. And then I quickly realized that, um, I'm like, I think I just need to develop my own, way with this and this is where going to the plants you know the plants would just train me and tell me what i'd need to do for each person or each session and how mm. to prepare and i mean i might dream before a session like mm. and get an idea of oh, okay i need to do this or i need yeah. to get this but often there's not really many tools involved anymore like sometimes yeah. incense and smudge sometimes not but yeah. i'm trying to get to a place where i don't need anything external to uh, myself to be able to help guide and nurture that process yeah. of release because um, right, right. i think it's very easy to get stuck in the tools like well mm -hmm. you know i've got this tibetan 
Perber and I've got like this other thing mm. and this thing and yeah. unless we're drinking out of this skull like mm. it ain't gonna happen and <laughs> and that's all beautiful like it's it's yeah. theatrical I think you can get really theatrical with yeah. like exorcism yeah, and make yeah, this yeah. like this you know stadium Hollywood thing <laughs> but there's really no need so I mean my my my, my you know like depossession sessions now probably look more like a fucking episode of oprah <laughs> it's like like this we're just we're sitting down and i'll yeah. try and like fully let the energy manifest and yeah. i'll just talk and i'll yeah. try and get it calm to yeah. the point where i could have a cup of tea i try yeah. and make them laugh yeah. you know like a big right. big part of my my process is is, is getting those energies feeling safe yeah, with me wow. and comfortable yeah. so yeah. i'll crack jokes and i know okay. when they laugh that i've got them like great we're okay. like <laughs> so you know um oh, you know you like now. i got you now like <laughs> um you know so it, it, it's really just like dealing with another person is there yeah, another right. it's an, I, I don't they're nothing they're not these monsters or gargoyles it's really about developing rapport and yep. relationship yep. with the entity so going back to, I guess, just just again, because I think this is quite an important point with our progression in the West of our mental and physical health, mm. just suppose that this is a possibility, I, I guess, is the question I'd pose to people. Like, what if, you know, what mm. if this was this this was a thing? And what if this was holding you back or us mm. back? Yeah. Um, if we're not actually addressing it as a possibility and it is a thing, a yeah. happening thing that's a happening to you, you know, yeah. like you're only then ever going to be dealing with the symptoms of your problems because if mm. that's a part of the root system or the cause mm. of maybe a physical or, or mental ailment, but you don't believe in it, it's like a parasite that's just going to yeah, stay in you. Like right. you're only ever going to be fixing symptoms. Yeah. And, and this is the, this is the problem well, that we're going to, you know, I think it's like what they say. Satan's greatest trick is getting us to believe that he doesn't exist. Yep. So we live in a culture that's that's I think been influenced to steer us away from even considering that uh, that this even exists, and socially as well and culturally, yep. it's 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 only now I think just starting to become acceptable to even talk about it, yep. you know, because there's yep. a huge stigma and people are afraid of being seen as crazy or being you know, judged or some even condemned because in yep. our society, if you, you, you know, you start talking to your local GP about this, who will refer to your, to your <laughs> local psychiatrist, Absolutely. Might, you know, put you in the loony bin and give you antipsychotics because this yep. is all considered unreal. It's considered an, a, uh, it's considered a, a brain dysfunction. It's considered an illness, right? Yep. So our whole culture is stitched up against us actually addressing these uh, influences which are negatively influencing a lot of us in our culture. And I think a lot of us in our culture can identify with experiencing the mental health of other people around us, which appears inexplicably crazy, you know. We all experience other people. It's like, wait on, you know, I thought I knew... George, and then what the hell is going on with him in this dynamic, in this situation? And there's something that's obviously quite glitched out yep. in that personality, which yep. might emerge yep. in a situation. You're like, whoa, and that's I think- something quite off kilter. And I think yeah. we all experience that, yep. but we don't really know what's going on in the individual because not many of us have a an ability to contextualize or have 
you know, I suppose a kind of third eye perspective as to what is occurring. And I, I, you know, in my experience, you know, I think we see a lot of glitchiness in interpersonal dynamics within, you know, communities, relationships, families, you know, companies, organizations, whatever it is, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's, there's always this kind of, um, manifest, um, uh, 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 behavior, which is nonsensical and actually quite obviously malevolent. And it doesn't, the person who's acting out in that manner, it's not helping them. It's not helping anyone else. And I think we all see that. We all see this in our society. So, you know, it, it's, we are really facing a huge mental health issue and epidemic Absolutely. in yeah. our culture and it's not just you know depression and anxiety it's actually how we're behaving how we're relating to one another and you know the thoughts that are going on in our heads and the addictions that we have and all that sort of stuff and i think yeah i think that increasingly people are going to awaken to the spirit world because more and more people are taking psychedelics mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. think i think that previously previously um there's been a little like a taboo as to well don't take psychedelics don't see the spirit because they will show you mm-hmm. the spirit world mm-hmm. one thing that i'm seeing mm-hmm. kind of concerns me is that it's almost like from the perspective of the forces who don't want us to really awaken to them. It's almost like they see that they can't stop people from taking psychedelics. I think they, but I think there's a kind of what's not being talked about in the conversation as much as it should be is yes, psychedelics open you up to the spirit world and all these forces, but unless you are adept and able at dealing with it, you can you can cause more. You can bring in and open yourself up to these influences much more than if you've never taken psychedelics. And there's been times in my journey when I felt highly influenced mm-hmm. and quite caught up in these astral worlds and you know worlds of different entities and influences. And I think it can be quite destabilizing for the human consciousness as well. So I think we're dealing with a a true double-edged sword here in this world of psychedelics. And and I think the perspective, which is this pseudo-logical, pseudo-rational perspective, which doesn't acknowledge the etheric world Mm -hmm, or... mm -hmm or the understanding that there is even an other that is not just material is actually quite dangerous. Mm. And we need to call it out and say, hey, come on, um, there, there, actually is, um, there actually is all these entities and beings and life forms around us that are a part of our a part of our living reality. Oh yeah, it's just the landscape and the ecosystem. It's mm. it's you know, um, it's a busy place. Mm. It's, it's a there's a highway going on. All you know, it's, yeah. It's, and and I I think 
this is this is the revelation i think of the psychedelic state for a lot of people now it seems to be coming um quite normal i'm observing with my work and you know everyone i'm talking to in, in these groups that we're all doing and witnessing is this emergence this great emergence of of the the self and this clarity of of, of our own kind of definition of who we are in terms of maybe being a multi-dimensional soul spiritual being and then also starting to experience these other realms or the magic of it or the inter you know personal and the extended people are starting to have some you know collective mystical experiences in in a kind of like on mass way i'm noticing more and more with my groups it's just I don't really have to sit here defending anything as much because people are starting to have direct experience in their own way. And that's, it's an interesting phenomenon. I think the plants are really trying to help us with and show us. It's like, Hey, this is the imbalance. It's a part of it that there's no recognition Mm. of those spaces Mm. and how they might be affecting your, you know, your, your manifest reality. Um, So I think, you know, this is just a part of the plant agenda um, but it's in bite-sized increments that people can actually, you know, swallow and digest and understand. Mm. Um, and I think this is why some people don't have these experiences yeah. because they're just probably not quite prepared or ready to mm. integrate them without yeah. it causing them to be quite, you know, um, mm. uncomfortable and yeah. unwell from maybe some of these realities. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 so I just try and work in relevance now. It's like, look, if it's, if it's relevant, then it is mm. with this person. And then if it's not, it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, you live in the jungle, you know, there's jaguars, mm. but you don't spend your whole time fretting about getting eaten alive mm. or, you know, you're just aware of their existence. Yeah. But when they come to the, you know, edge of the circle or too close, mm. you know, you, you then stand your ground or protect mm. your family. But yeah. outside of that, live and let live. I'm just kind of like, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. I think we need to be aware. Um, well, this is another aspect of it that I find quite interesting in terms of, really stepping up into this awareness i think possibly a lot of people are scared because it's a little bit like the movie they live oh, have you seen that movie? no i've been i've been meaning to watch oh, it this watch week this yeah. movie. It's, a, oh, it's a classic meme you know, yeah. memes are based off yeah. of this movie yeah. where yeah. Yeah. the main character in this movie puts on his glasses mm-hmm. and then he mm-hmm. can see that they're actually aliens mm-hmm. run the world mm-hmm. and he can see the aliens and see all the propaganda. All the propaganda, the obey, obey. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and then yep. the aliens can see him mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. As soon as you open that's to right. this reality, right. aliens can see you. And so you become, in a sense, a little bit of a, I don't want to say target, though that certainly can be, that can be something that you might, experience but you become you know a poi uh, <laughs> yep, yep, and yep. and and you've really got to develop your ability to navigate within that new world that is actually reality you know so i think i think it is um something a lot of people are resistant yeah to waking up and yep. opening their eyes and uh you know, but I think that as we grow and develop uh, tools and technologies in the West, that we we become more able to to see and deal with all of this sort of material without also getting bogged down in superstitious mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bullshit. Yep. You know, yep. I think that's a big part of it too. 
But one thing I do want to mention is, you know, even over a couple of decades ago, I did and I have met various healers and people who are working in this realm. Mm-hmm. But it's all quite elusive. They yep. kind of come into my world and then they disappear. And I've had sessions with people who don't use any medicine, who, yep. Do, yep. who do remove entities and do remote work and whatever. Yep. But, you know, I lived in the Byron Shire for 11 years. There wasn't anyone solid who stuck around who would do this work. They were always... You know, I'd hear about some people and I'd meet people here and there. I have sessions with some people who are very reluctant to do work on this level. But it does appear to be something that when you do enter into it, it does appear to make you sort of stand out from the crowd of regular humans. So maybe you can talk about that sort of aspect yeah, it's, of it's, this it's, work. It's very polarizing in that in that regard. You're like, you know, um, committing to a concept that's, quite outlandish even for this community i mean that's Mm. kind of like to feel estranged from standard you know monday to friday ayahuasca it's just like oh wow you know um (laughs) uh so so that's that's kind of um it's an interesting space to kind of stand on on a sideline under a you know dark street lamp (laughs) while uh, the exorcist front cover or something and you know like i guess people that um need that help or, or you know will feel drawn to it they're also kind of on the fringes in their own way or they've receded or you know like like whatever's going on for them it's 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 kind of like a shared frequency i mm. think and that's that's kind of like i don't know maybe this is why people pop up and come in and out of this work because it's just as they're needed or when it's relevant i mean i personally believe that every single person, you know, has, has probably got some degree of, you know, um, interference or influence yeah. or attachment going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this stuff should be quite, you know, just, just very, uh, you know, daily be, practice stuff. It's part, not a big it deal. Should, it's not yeah, a big it deal. It should be part of our culture. Yep. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not a, not a big deal at As all. As it is part know? of many cultures, you yeah. know, most cultures, traditional cultures. So I kind of like, you know, it's being being the fact that it still kind of seems fringy or weird or Hollywoodish. Um, you know, I don't really. Uh, it makes me uncomfortable because I feel like this is just this should be a part of the you know daily practice for mm. people to learn to purify and cleanse and just yeah. get familiar and comfortable with with those things. Well, it's really you know? about um, etheric cleanliness, and it's really about uh, us being sovereign and not having our thoughts and our emotions. And our energy field being influenced by outside forces that are not yep. our own, that not arising from our own being. So it's actually quite elementary. Absolutely, because that that, 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 that's right. It's 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 a process of uh, empowerment mm. and and sovereignty mm. and um, you know um, receding in oneself. And I think that's why this work is um, you know positive and healthy. And regardless of people's actual perspectives of, you know, the objective reality, it doesn't really matter because the process of self-empowerment is is hugely powerful yeah. and important for whatever you're experiencing, yeah. whether it is your own shadow um, or, you know, lost, lost trauma, traumatized parts. So, um, and that's, that's, I try, I want the sessions to be just a self-empowering session for people. So I don't, mm. I don't want to be the guy that you come to that's going to do anything for you. So when I work with people and with these plants, I'm, I'm, I'm asking them 
you know, what are the plants telling you? How do yeah. we do this? I, I'm trying to always put the ball back in the, in the person's yep. lap. So they start to understand. So they're empowered. That's right. And I don't want people to keep able, coming. They're able to, yep. to do this That's themselves. Right. That's and right. And it's really interesting what you're talking about relationship because we all have the potential to strike up a relationship with uh, entities who may not be visible to our 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 eye to our physical senses right but we can all have a dialogue with them and i I mean you know when i first you know got started in in the world of psychedelics i would even start having dialogues with these entities in my Mm. regular state of being Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it would just be something that you would have to do and you know so in a sense i think we've all got to we have this idea of the shaman that the shaman is the one who interacts with the spirits but as i see it if we want to maintain a ferric um hygiene we've all got to you know step up and and be aware on this level because all of us have this sensitivity and awareness and i think you know in my understanding of the human species, that people are a lot more sensitive and aware than they think they are. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, especially with, um, you know, sixth sense or, you know, um, I think everyone intrinsically has access to their own, you know, ability to uh, the psychic realm. Yep. And, and you know, telepathy. Yep clairvoyance the whole ship and this is where there's kind of like two separate spiritual worlds that really are the same thing like what i'm doing is probably no different to the clairvoyant tarot reader up the road like it's just i'm using plants instead of you know whatever tools she's working with Mm, like mm. you know black flame candle or whatever but um it's it's it is accessible to people and i know a lot of people that uh we'll go and do those you know it's like courses you can do uh, to develop or uncover your psychic abilities Mm. and all this and that and by and large, they're really successful um, endeavors for people. They mm. actually realize like, oh, okay, like, you know, there's some shit going on. Mm. Like now that I've been trained or I've got some tools or some guidance on, you know, maybe how to access this part of myself mm. or access everything else. Yeah. Um, it becomes quite intuitive and easy yep. and you don't, it's not a heady thing after that of this, mm. like, oh, is it real or isn't it? You just get mm. to enjoy, yeah. you know, the new reality. But I think we all think that these things are specialist things yeah. like, oh, you know, that work is specialist. Yeah. And you need to, I mean, look, and there are gifts. People do have yeah. absolute gifts, but I think on an intrinsic base level, we all have uh, a programming that's much the yeah. same in terms of. People are yeah. a lot more powerful, even though mm. I often have a very demestimation of the, <laughs> Of the uh, intelligence of the masses, right? <laughs> People generally surprise me with how attuned and innately psychic they actually yep. are, despite their actions and, you know, communicated thoughts at times. It is, it, it, it's actually, it can be quite an overwhelming experience how powerful and aware people actually can be yep. if they would choose to integrate that awareness. Because I think a lot of people are operating in a kind of, you know, they, they compartmentalize their consciousness into, you know, their subconscious, unconscious. So yep. a lot of what yep. they experience might not be as well connected to their, you know, what the words coming out of their mouth and their living awareness as it could be. So that's one thing that I, I suppose I see. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've really met anyone that I've sat down and had a decent chat through about, you know, the weird and paranormal realms that hasn't got a crazy story. Most right. people, most everyday Aussies, I mean, like when I was living in Western Australia, heavy mining town, you know, heavy mm. drinking culture and, um, you know, kind of different level of education and all the rest and not very open to, you know, concepts of spirituality. But, oh, my God, the stories you would hear from people's camping uh, endeavors out bush mm. with spirits of the land or crazy haunting things there's just too many yeah, um yeah and, so and that I wouldn't fa- be I easy for them to talk no, about no because they can't contextualize that yeah. it's like i had this weird experience and i've had to bury it deep you yeah, know because yeah. that doesn't like that doesn't go well at the pub or you know and and, and i get it like but if you if, if if you're if you become a space where people kind of you know feel like not gonna be judged mm. and like you know thrown thrown in the loony bin yeah. um they'll they'll tell you and i like honestly most people i meet have got some inexplicable story or experience that mm. they just they're just like oh yeah well you know actually this has happened but i guess the difference between maybe those people and some of us is um we keep pursuing that you yeah. know and like yeah. well what is that there's an yeah. inquiry that keeps going yeah um you know it's not enough for me to just like mm. have some weird you know um mm. encounter with a ghost and then just be like oh well that's a bit weird yeah. you know and just yeah. get on with life mm. um so i think on some deeper level like the human we we, we understand these things yeah. the, 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 we're at home Inna- innately it, absolutely and yeah. you see this time and time again with with medicine you know uh and, and circles and people that's generally what they start tuning into very yeah, quickly. Like the yeah. medicine reconnects them back to their yeah. nature. And like, they have an innate ability mm-hmm. to deal with it. That's yeah, what I find. That's right. That's right. You know, like they, and that's what people need to be learning. They need to begin to learn how to deal with, you know, etheric entities and yep. how to, how to actually, um, how to actually have that awareness and, and, yep. and, uh, you know, um, not 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 be not be subjugated yep. to them. Yep. And I think the best way to navigate those actual experiences or interactions, or if you want to start endeavoring into that space of yourself, um, is to really start to find your own footing and who you are and so you understand to some degree what your space is. So then when you are meeting the yeah. other in yeah. that space, you have some stock and you yeah. have an ability to have dimension and definition. Mm. That that becomes your foothold. So then, whatever you are meeting energetically or in in any way, mm. it's aware of the boundary, and mm. then you actually have power. You are empowered in that process. So, mm. and, and for me, then it's just about making these interactions as gentle as possible. So I guess if if anyone listening is interested in their own way of pursuing this, um, you know, the way to really open up the field, I find, is you you make this work your intention. So if you're going to do medicine or you're going to do a meditation or however you want to enter into, you know, your trance state or, mm. you know, um, expanded awareness, uh, go in with the intention of if there is a possibility of an otherness, uh, welcoming that and giving it permission to come forward mm. uh, and, and you know, being, being clear in your intention or even you can say these things out loud if you don't feel too crazy for doing so. And mm. you can be like, all right, so... Uh, if there is anything going on with this person or inside of me, um, you know, I, you're, you're welcome to come forward and mm. to use, you know, this, this body, this space, this, this, um, you know, um, container mm. to, you know, come forward and to communicate. Mm. 
in a safe way. Like we're not here to hurt you or harm you or to get rid of you. Mm. We just want to help and you know, I, I want to know what, what I can do mm. if there's anything yeah. to assist. And generally um, I'll find it, it, it always works and it's always a very calm entrance as opposed to this thrashing screaming from the, you know, depths of hell mm. emergence. Um, so you were talking before <laughs> about, going into the space of rapport and relationship yep. with the entities. Maybe you can talk more about the actual process of di- like dispossession and like enabling the enabling that differentiation and the, the freeing of the entity yep. to occur. Sure. Okay. So yeah, like practically how it works, every session is very unique and different, um, but there seems to be some kind of format with at least how things unfold for me. Um, so we'll drink, we'll drink the, the ayahuasca medicine together. Um, and if it's, if it's someone that's had an awareness that they might have, you know, uh, some interference, you know, the possibility of some interference, um, we will, we will drink with the basic intention of finding out what's going on with them and mm-hmm. asking that the plants show us what's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will, um, basically I'll, I'll speak to the plants and ask them to, you know, reveal to us, but to me, like, you know, what is actually happening. And if there is something else, um, that's where it shifts from a normal ayahuasca session into, you know, I, I, I guess a, a different kind of sport. Um, mm. so typically what will happen is the medicine will, um, go on like a diagnostic, you know, scanning, um, systematic kind of, yeah, seek and destroy, um, mission. And it will just go through really deeply into the person. And it's almost like on a cellular level, we'll start rattling and, um, surfacing, anything like anything and everything yeah yeah. um and you know that's that's kind of kind of typical for medicine anyways in terms of how it works with the purge and stuff but in Mm -hmm. this case it's it's hunting for the inorganic or whatever isn't the person yeah um a bit like you know um attack hounds or something yes it's it's almost like they 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 go in and they're like dragging you know dragging whatever to the surface um and then what I noticed that medicine seems to do in these sessions is it will try and keep that energy pressed up to the surface, fully manifest as possible. So that's what we're going for. We're going for a full manifestation. Okay. If there is anything so you're to you're basically manifest, asking the plants to do this to flush. for you, to flush yep. it out, yep. to like a dog, mm-hmm. you know, bringing out that badger or yep. that fox to out yep. of the hole. And yep. so then exactly. it's manifesting through that person. Exactly. But at the same time, um, making it known to that spirit that is in there that this is this is a safe space to emerge. Like yeah, we're, yeah. this isn't an attack. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. We're, we're we're trying to make some progress for the sake of everybody here. So like, yep. work with it. Same with us. Don't fight the medicine. You know, like mm. surrender. Like, yeah. Um, yep. Because often all of these energies are terrified and yeah, generally yeah. traumatized. Or evil, and if yeah. it's evil, I mean, it's 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 it, it, they're going to come. All right, Rowan, <laughs> we're going to need a definition of this um, of what evil, evil is. Yeah, evil, evil entities, evil spirits. Um, yeah, I guess they just are what you would think they are. They're cliche, you know, uh, demonic type entities that 
they're on the agenda is to consume, destroy, kill, maim, eat. Like we're so just. So how do they get to that point? Do they join a team? They're like, do they are they life forms who who just kind of like lost their way, or is there like some somewhere they sign on the dotted line? Or sometimes or they've got bosses in their crews, like there's levels, yeah. and other times they're rogues. And I think yeah. the rogues are the more dangerous, right? Because right. they're like the wild, crazy you know like pack animal that that got kicked out of the tribe and now it's really angry at everything okay you know it's on an all-consuming path of like ultimate revenge right whereas the 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 hierarchy infrastructure kind of you know beings they're more strategic yeah 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 you know yeah they want to hide they really want to hide so they they can definitely if they if if you kind of if the plants are flushing them out so the ones who are working within the, within a hierarchy, <laughs> the corporation, yeah. the, 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 how, what would you call the corporation? Oh God. I, like, <laughs> fuck, let me commit to these. Um, they definitely feel more alien and yeah. like reptilian. There's a more kind of a general, a, <laughs> would you say like they're deliberately attempting to suppress the human species yep, yep. for their own nefarious, agendas and purposes some of which we don't understand absolutely yeah 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 that's that's exactly um how how it would appear and look it's very hard i don't try and read too much literature or get into like any of the ideology of like you know zachariah's work or any of the kind of ancient alien stuff yeah yeah yeah. um i mean i know that there's a lot of great theories out there and you know feel good kind of explanations i just try and deal with it's not really feel good at the time. There's nothing feel good <laughs> no. about what what you begin to see. No, um, no. There very definitely are these networks, hierarchies, and some of them are quite alien. Yep. Uh, yeah. Who are very deliberately suppressing, repressing, parasiting upon humanity, and then there's all this other stuff that you can begin to see. Yeah. Some of the stuff they're doing, it appears, some of it is almost incomprehensible yeah. and some of it's very manipulative and um, has some, there's some nefarious agenda. So I, I suppose. It's a full corruption yeah, program. It's a yeah. corporate corruption yeah. of. That's know, right. Yeah. Corporate corruption. It's corporate yeah. corruption. And, and I think the human being, what we are like, you know, as I, as I personally believe and know us to be is this spiritual manifestation mm. We're we're quite an interesting specimen in yeah. the ecosystem of the, you know, interdimensional, multidimensional multiverse reality yeah. where we're pretty kind of, I mean, we're not that important, but we're definitely unique and interesting. And I yeah. think this is why we draw a bit of heat because we, we we're embodied. And mm. this is something that a lot of, I guess, these um, interfrequency, interdimensional beings aren't they yeah. don't have the body no, no. they can operate on frequency mm. um but there's something different for them and I, I don't know what that is i mean you could speculate about mm. you know sucking our life force and corrupting innocence for food and all of that um, definitely there's a definitely there's a strong element of parasiticism absolutely and pre- pre- predatorial behavior which is become quite corporatized and you know, it's like corporate farming. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it feels like the origins of it and why, that's what I don't know. And I think it's yeah. too binary to be like, you know, good, evil, this and that. Yeah. It almost feels like whatever's going on on that level is some 
revenge program. Like they seem, mm. they seem to be upset and pissed off. And it's like, it's really, maybe it's happening out of some kind of like space of resentment. I don't know. Um, or maybe it's just the part of the balance of all things. And, mm. you know, you can't have light without darkness and they're just doing their job. You know, it's a part of the ecosystem to you know create but are they really i don't know know. it seems to be almost this is the impression i have Mm. with some of them that they're not inherently evil or bad a lot of them but i think and it's like who knows where they came from some of them seem to be really quite horrific but almost like genetically engineered or manufactured by something else right and it's like and and some of them do appear to have this badge or sponsorship of like team evil. Yep. You know? Yep. But I don't understand ultimately what that is. No. Or why that where that came why why that came from. But it appears to be somehow related to the nature of manifest duality itself mm-hmm. that perhaps perhaps on some level um they're they're you know, you could say this is what some people have said. I don't know if I completely buy it. It's actually kind of a Christian theological position, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That there's got to be this, <laughs> this kind of evil mm, that mm. would actually enable duality to exist in the first place. Otherwise, we'd just be this kind of like amorphous, blobular, you know, sort of pure good, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On the other hand, that's what we're missing. That's yep. what, that, and on the other hand, you can say, well, that's what we should be and that's what we need to actually be because what we're experiencing now is a kind of a state of consciousness mm. which is corrupted by this, by this, uh, by this evil, by this parasitic mm-hmm. force that puts us out of relationship and out of our own intelligence and out of our own power. I, I I think yeah, and I, I like I I don't know. Once again, just shooting the shit. Like I, I I can only speculate, but perhaps it's some spiritual evolutionary construct that it's a cyclical thing. Like we need to be oppressed and um, attacked and you know submerged for a period of time that will then catalyze the awakening of what has been stolen from us Mm. to then come back in a fuller, higher swing. But I guess maybe a a grander manifestation of, of awakening or consciousness. And it might just be this like, Mm. you know, ever, ever going cycle or play. I mean, Mm. that's like kind of like a concept of a lot of cultures of this death rebirth cycle, death rebirth. Um, I ultimately see those characters, even, you know, these nefarious kind of goon squad, you know, trauma TM um, corporations is just doing their job because Mm. like they are unwillingly serving the greater awakening and consciousness of humanity. Cause now look at what's happening. We're like Mm. taken to the brink again. You know, it's like, uh, you know, um, necessity is the mother of invention and Mm. like same with me and my awakening, Mm. you know, most of us rock bottom at some point in some way. And that began our true uh, alignment and Mm. our, our our real walk into Mm you know, our lives and our path. So to some degree, I kind of like, I still look at these, you know, evil, evil kind of forces as they're, they're still ultimately bending the knee and they're in service to the, uh, you know, the highest 
what whatever the you know golden magic rule set for for, for this yeah. experience is and i and often tell them that and they hate that like really yeah yeah that's like that's like the best way to like really <laughs> piss them off you just like you know you thank them you're like hey you know um it's actually amazing like you know you've you, you've been affecting this person and like yeah you're really clever like you've, you've sabotaged this and that for them and you know because you often they'll start telling you how they work and what they're doing mm. um and then you're like but look here they are now and and they've like come to medicine and uh the only way is up and you know like thanks for your service and and they <laughs> they hate it and like but you know we don't really need you anymore you've done your job like you know mm. like and and i think once they kind of um get their pants pulled down and their bottom smacked mm. and they realize kind of how you know futile um that, that you know how their living is basically you know i'm a parasite this is like yeah. what kind of life is this, this is pathetic yeah, um, yeah then you can actually try and help that being back so you know what would how would you like to kind of experience you know yourself or, or you know reality and and that's where things get interesting and you kind of move into the realm of psychopomping or even helping these entities to heal themselves or yeah. transform and transcend so it uh-huh. can get really you know really kind of um interesting yeah and so it's not so black and white with good versus evil no but i have met some very you know explicitly evil dense energies that it doesn't seem like there's any budge in that they 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 don't they're not interested in talking cooperating and and i don't get much information out of them so therefore i can't speculate it's it's almost almost like they become like they're so hardened that they become like these black diamonds. Yep. It's almost like yep. they 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 came, they went down the bottom of the spiral, and the spiral got like tighter and tighter, and they became hardened in like you know deviating from mm-hmm. balance. You know that they that they become this sort of like ultimate free radical that yep. causes destruction and chaos. You know, and there's an ancientness to it that's so old. And I guess predates concepts of love and emotion. Yeah. I know everyone's like got this kind of like love is the ultimate frequency and, you know, love and light and all of that. Um, but, you know, it, it appears that some some beings or energies don't have access to that. Mm. And maybe mm. that's why they're here doing what they're doing to us yeah. is to, you know, feed up on that or, or, or what. But it definitely feels like they are a lot older than, you know, we could um, – we could really conceive and mm. maybe like you said they've just been left in the dark mm. festering for such a long time that mm. this is kind of the result they, they didn't kind of like stay on the train of creative evolution and yeah you yeah. know spiritual flourishment and they're still in that reptilian brain mm. and just it's very because they're quite drone-like they yeah. often don't like they they, they they it's it's this hive mind kind yeah. of at least i think on the level that everyday people like us are experiencing mm interference wise like if we're talking about a corporation you know uh barry down the road who you know is a mechanic isn't possessed by the biggest boss or by satan himself it's just kind of underling stuff you know that's right worker bee drones they're pretty dumb you know like that's the thing i think a lot of people don't realize we're not dealing with very intelligent beings they're actually they have a kind of animalistic intelligence, mm-hmm. somewhere more intelligent than a dog, but maybe not much more than that. Um, yep. Yep. And they they actually and they might appear to be very big and powerful and scary, but a lot of that they're actually not often 
as big and powerful no, and scary yeah. when it comes down to it. Yeah. It's all a little bit of a test. Yep. And as yep. to your courage and ability to to dialogue with them. Have you ever found, I think this is something that a lot of people talk about, and I found to be true as mm-hmm. well, that that in that framework that actually love is your most powerful weapon yep. in, in, in relationship. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and this is one of the initiations of the, you know, many from the plants in the early years was, was giving me these tools on how to deal with things. And that mm. was it. It was, and it was so cliche and like, mm. we were laughing, like I was laughing at the plants that held like fucking goofy and, and, you know, um, drab that concept was, but they're like, no, it's true. It is what it is. Mm. Um, and you know, just generate that. So in, in those sessions, I suppose the energy that I really try and bring to a space is one of, um, maybe a little bit paternal, like, you know, like, but like some kind of familiar family, like I'm, I'm here as your brother, mm. you know, um, and I'm, I'm going to, I like, I love you, but like, we're going to love our way through this thing. And I'm really there for that person and that being as mm. well. Like mm. I, I, and it's, it's, it took a while to kind of work out. How, I mean, I intrinsically have like, I fall in love with people in general very easily. Mm. I, I really admire people mm. um, and, and really want to celebrate people. Mm. Um, I think anyone that probably knows me kind of um, might've experienced, I'm a bit gushy and gooey sometimes. And <laughs> like, so, so that, that kind of empathy and that, that kind of seeing people's pretty easy. And then when it, you know, talking about maybe unseen forces, it's a new practice that I'm trying to get into, you know, mm. like meeting these unknown energies that on the surface seem to be quite destructive. Mm. So you're like, how do you love this enemy or this thing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the plants just, you know, gave me a technique to do that. And it's just like, look, just spend like a couple of moments thinking about, you know, your kids or your mm. wife or someone that you really love that mm. just brings that vibration into your heart and you just feel good. And then it's kind of like Care Bears, just yeah. like, just direct it at the thing, <laughs> like, you know? And, you know, just like, just direct the, the love beam. And, and it's like, it works. It's yeah. right. and, yeah. and when you can kind of, I guess, project that energy or that vibe um, into the space, um, it, 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 that's really quite transformational yeah. for the whole yeah. session. So. I, I, I found, I mean, I mean, this is a kind of a sort of new age lingo where people will say, oh, there's no such thing as these beings are only like a part of yourself. Yeah. You get to acknowledge and, you know, you're just projecting them out there because the frequency you've got on yourself, all this kind of etheric, yeah. theoretical yeah. lingo, right? But I think there is something to be said for that, to coming into <laughs> that place of non-duality and recognize and seeing the divine yep. in the in the other, right? Yep. And yep. acknowledging that that space, and I think in that space of acknowledging the divine, that's when that's when there is this 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 love. You know, I, I had an experience of you know being thrown into hell by mm-hmm, a demon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and wondering how I was going to get out of there, and the the demon was so intense yeah like yep. it was in so much suffering yeah and i could see yep. it as like a fallen yep. angel mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i was just i was like I, I was just overwhelmed by the power and like beauty of this thing mm-hmm. this crazed mm-hmm. beauty mm-hmm. and i felt like i was almost privileged to be mm-hmm. able to see it so close up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it it just like a, a like a like absolute beam of love shot out of my heart chakra like to this being and literally it's like that was a turned a key 
mm-hmm. in the heavenly clouds, and I was yep. free. Yep. I was free, and and the the demon became this immediately very shy, very coy. It completely diffused him yep. because yep. he had been the the mask had come off. Yep. I acknowledged yep. the reality of the the I acknowledged the angelic nature of the demon and you could say that the demons are simply fallen angels you know yep. and and yep. I, and I, and I saw that and it's like oh the whole game then and I, I it's like how you win the game I'd won that game and I become free and that that demon who was troubling me for a bit mm-hmm, there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. left me alone after that yep. he's like ah oh, no nah, he's not interested in playing with me further yep. he doesn't want to go down that path yep. Yep. you know yeah I, I think that's it and like I feel like ultimately what we're really, um, what this is all about. It's not like this construct of like good versus evil or any of those kind of, you know, um, poetic notions. It's, it's more connection versus disconnection. Mm. Like that's all this is. I think at the prime non-dual space, Mm. um, if we've had the privilege of experiencing and understanding and being that Mm. once you kind of have, you know, once you get that a little, everything else just, becomes degrees of disconnection i think and then the more further along and more disconnected we get like that's where the corruption sets in because we're we're getting further and further away from our nature of Mm. being you know collective connected and you know one and um that's what a lot of these issues are like even even people's inability to access this kind of thinking or this kind of reality it's because of their disconnect. Their trauma has mm. disconnected their ability to even think this way or, or their judgments or their insecurities or, you know, their fears, but they're all just essentially disconnections mm. from our true nature. And this is where I think the medicine, it's its just so perfect for this task and it's happy to do it, yeah. is to reconnect us yeah. on, on every level of that, like the full mm. bandwidth of to the self, to each other, to nature, to God, to source, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so we're all kind of like edging back in and going home, you know, step by step. Mm-hmm. So I think in people's, um, in their own time and own way, when things are relevant, these, you know, I get maybe these experiences will unfold more for them or they won't if they're mm-hmm. not. But yeah, dealing with these entities, it's much the same. It's just like, I see them as like, oh, you're just, dis- you've forgotten. Yeah. You're, you've forgotten what you are, who you are. Yeah. You spent eons floating around mm. and you're, you know, you're, you're upset. You're hurt. Mm. You've, you're, you're disconnected and that's painful. That's lonely. Yeah. And it's the opposite of feeling It's, it's very interesting. It's you like know? that you're coming into this place of empathy and compassion, rapport. And so then what's the next step? Uh, what, how, how, what's the actual process of detachment that typically unfolds? So yeah, this, this, this one took a while and, um, it was a bit clumsy in the beginning. I'm like, great. Now what do I do? Like, we've got this thing that's surfaced and how do I get rid of it? Like, (laughs) and like, can you purge this into a bucket and Mm. flush it down the toilet? No, that sounds fucking ridiculous. Mm. Maybe, but I don't think so. Like, Mm. um, so the first couple of times the medicine actually just kind of like took care of it or maybe it didn't, but at the time they were released from the person's body and mm. I, that was enough for me. Mm. Probably explains why, you know, I had 
weeks after those sessions that were like terrible. You know, okay. Kids waking up See, screaming. A bit of a free range entity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I didn't have a, a very good cleanup crew kind of. <laughs> yeah. So now it's, it's a lot more sterile with yeah, yeah, all of that. Your hygiene practices. Of Sometimes. And if I forget, I, I, I very quickly get into trouble for it you know yeah. like the house gets affected big mm-hmm. time um so so it's about trying to move that energy out of the person and i mean the biggest goal is to hopefully get that energy or that spirit um back into a state of remembering its mm. true nature yeah. and generally when that happens it's it will willfully leave yeah. and it will then either go you know it will return back to it wherever it came from and you know that could be wherever um or it wants to kind of like essentially um rejoin um source and reset itself so like that like people talk about taking the entity to the light light. Mm -hmm. is that a is it a death for them is it like a reset it's kind of like a reset Mm. yeah um and often they i've found they don't really want to do that Mm. um a lot of them just they're happy to be rebirthed in the new remembering of themselves Mm. and they'll often take a role of hey i'd like to stick around with this person because there's a lot of guilt if you can get them really kind of talking um when they hit that point of their own epiphany of the damage that they're causing this person they start to feel shamed and guilted because they recognize in themselves that their own lost um abandonment and 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 you know feelings of hurt and suffering and like oh my god i've been inflicting i've been causing this Mm in this host of mine yeah. and inducing it because this is a frequency that I can kind of like relate to and feel safe in. Mm. And then there's this kind of like, um, after that realization, they, they tend to feel guilty. So they're like, I've got to stick around and now protect this person to help them. Like okay. it's now my duty to make their life more comfortable because huh. I've been, I've been debilitating their progress. Mm. So now I'm going to kind of be on side to help. Mm. You could argue that, you know, that could just be an absolute lie mm. and that, you know, you're very riskily open to being deceived by a spirit. Like, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to leave. Don't worry. I'm just going to hang yeah. around as a good guy. Mm. But you can feel the energies. And I think this is where it comes down to the more you do this work, the more intuitive it becomes. If you've got an ability to communicate with the plants quite mm. directly, there's a lot of conversation going on to really, I think, like triangulate yeah. and work out what's going on. The plants on. will really tell you what's going yeah, on. Yeah. The plants will just say. They're the best bullshit. This, this, yeah. this guy is bullshit. Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's ways of testing and stuff. So it, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's 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 just, it is what it is. It's, it's mm. actually pretty simple as it mm. should be. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. having a conversation with anybody yeah, that's yeah. suffering and mm. you're trying to help them. And once they realize that you're trying to help them, they're like, mm. oh, okay, I can be honest. And, mm. you know, and then you just get on with it. Um, so often they will just kind of naturally go um, of their own choo- uh, mm. choosing, with, mm. you know, with some help and um, all the rest. But if, if they're really reluctant, because look, I'm not really a fan of like, trying to kill these entities or, you know, um, I'm not even sure if you can essentially kill them without them just kind of like reanimating again mm. in another kind of iteration, mm. you know, it's energy, but, um, so the plants, I was, I was like, well, how do I deal with this? And then the plants told me I can just use objects basically, mm. and they can transfer into objects. Mm. Um, and then those objects can eventually be purified. And you know, this is like a basic premise of a lot of uh, magical practice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of nothing new, but, um, you know, once again, I want something that's genuine and authentic to the plant and my work. Um, so yeah, I was told to, to buy a few different crystals and stuff. So I've got a particular stubborn 
uh, spirit that doesn't want to come out, then the plants will basically just hound it and energetically attack it mm. um, until it's so weak. Mm. So it's been fully manifest probably at this point for four or five hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's starting to lose its grip in the body because the mm. plants are just pushing and pushing yeah, and pushing. Yeah, yeah. And then it's and then it's 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 like it's holding on and you know it's got to go somewhere. So you yeah. want to try and catch it. So mm. you know um basically you know choose like a high frequency crystal or something mm. and essentially imprison it in that um mm. and then um i'll prepare like i'll create some holy water i'll make some holy water and usually get a big singing bowl or something and i'll just submerge the crystal in the singing bowl in that in that water mm-hmm. and put it like out in the sun or you could bury it yeah whatever there's you know there's there's, there's lots of ways to ground it but um essentially um you know it's it's kind of in that object until it can leave that object and mm. if you kind of i guess and this is where maybe some practical magic comes in again you kind of use your intention or your words to i guess create a bit of a a system or a spell like scenario um that doesn't give them permission to leave that object mm. until they can vibrate high enough to match and leave it mm. so you're basically giving them some thinking time in the corner because they've been a bit naughty <laughs> and you know they can they can stay there as long as they need to mm. um have a good long hard think about what they've done <laughs> and you know then when they're feeling like they can play fair it's like mm. you know transcend that prison vibration that you know that crystal is kind of like mm. kept them in and the way that i then confirm whether this is happening or not I, you know use pendulums i ask the plants i just intuitively know when something's clear mm. smudge mm. and that's generally it and that way i know that they have kind of um elevated their vibration enough to not be so menacing how long does it take them to escape the well, crystal no uh, it's like four or five days for one okay um so not not very long where do they go suppose, where do they from, go they're, they're when from they infinite escape. time and space where so do they go when they escape the crystal don't know i actually haven't asked that yeah. <laughs> so, but you <laughs> know they're, they're, i mean yeah bro, that's probably a, a next chapter of uh, inquiry um yeah. so yeah look I, I i i don't know but it seems to be like i mean i'm literally just doing a lot of these things under the instruction directly from yeah. from the plants so, yeah, yeah yeah and it seems to work you know whatever yeah. i'm told to do if i do it it, it, it seems to work yeah and that's all this really is for me. It's yeah. it's not it's not about my ability to do anything other than listen yeah. and take direction. Mm. However, lately the plants have been stepping back a bit and letting me kind of like step into myself yeah. a bit more. And, and you've got to figure it out like a puzzle. Yep. Yeah. And I'm seeing yeah. now there'll be a space where I'm doing this work without medicine sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what they're trying to, you know, um, cultivate in me and then hopefully if i get to that point where i can confidently you know um hold the space where this work can happen without inducing these trance-like states Mm. then i should be able to hopefully teach people yeah and then it can be more practical at Mm. home for everybody and doesn't you know require a giant ceremony around it so 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 after people have this exorcism Mm -hmm. um what effects do people benefits or changes they normally experience in their life? It's usually whatever territory that um, energy or that, that entity was occupying that will just clear up um, at least momentarily. Yeah. And usually people know where their blocks are. They're like, look, I just, it's my temper or it's my inability to be vulnerable with my partner or mm. it's this or it's that. And whatever, whatever, you know, that, that spirit was kind of um, had the dominion over 
that space frees up for that person to just be like, oh, it's not even an issue anymore. And this is why I realized it's not like, it's not like they've tried hard to work at changing something, like trying to quit a bad habit and they're having relapses or, you know, it, it, it's not like, it's just like an instantaneous change and it's just ease. Like, it's mm. like, oh, I can do this now that I never could do that before. Mm. And it's not even a problem. Mm. It's like this psychological switch or reignition of that part of themselves comes back online. Mm. And, uh, yeah, they just don't seem to struggle generally, you know, at all. If it's, if, if we've done this, you know, like in its full depth or at least, um, to, to a large degree, you know, um, mm. But, and here's the hard part with this. I think if we don't learn to um, do this work ourselves uh, confidently without fear, Mm. um, we're very susceptible and open for re-attachment or re-invasion and occupancy from something else. If we don't kind of deal with the underlying issue, how would you you got to hold that space, you know? How would you describe that underlying issue and how, how can people deal with that underlying issue? Okay, yeah, great. So look, generally I find that these um, entities or these spirits will attach uh, most of the time to some point of trauma. There's been some trauma that has occurred that maybe has been induced by an unseen force. Maybe not, but either way, um, there'll be something that's happened that has become an entry point or a, a, uh, you know, a, an origin for, for this connection. Um, so once that entity's out, then it's really about addressing that trauma. Mm. Generally, if, if it is a trauma related thing, like mm. getting to the crux of, um, you know, that, that root system and, you know, and often a lot of these things are tied heavily with, you know, uh, deep abuse mm. and, um, uh, non-consensual experiences on all forms, in all levels. But, you know, a lot of this is, 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 uh, you know, born in that kind of space of, I actually had no power. I had no control in that scenario. Mm. Um, and therefore, you know, um, it's a very disempowering frequency that kind of permeates. And, and Mm. so if we're kind of like trying to, um, re-empower ourselves and step back into ourselves, we really need to reoccupy those spaces that those energies were hijacking. Mm. And that kind of means, I guess, being self-loving and accountable and then doing the healing work that we need to do there. Mm. And generally the medicine will tell people it's pretty clear what needs to happen, right, you know. Right. Um, I don't find people are generally feeling lost or um, untethered after the experience and they don't know how to kind of progress. It's generally pretty clear. It's yeah. like, right, I really need to get on top of this. Yeah, or I really yeah. need to kind of like change or stop or begin. Mm. And, mm. Um, and if they don't, then... Mm. Yeah, they come back in six months and we've got to do the same shit again, mm. you know? <laughs> so so this, this is why I think it's so important that we all just start um, accepting this 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 whole um, reality in our experience yeah. and we just start learning to deal with it that's like right. it's like it's eating and sleeping that's and breathing. Right. and That's what know, we um, essentially need to do. I mean, we can literally, those of us with some awareness can look at the world over the next, like, 10, 15, 20 years and see this is what needs to happen. And I think it's going to be a rude awakening for many stubborn people who are unwilling to open their eyes and get out of their very limited pseudo-logical, pseudo-rational mind and uh, actually see reality for what it is. And it's it is it is weird. It is strange. I mean, we would expect nothing less. Absolutely. It is vibrant. It is entertaining. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah. it's not all, it's not, uh, you know, blocks of, 
you know, predictable blocks of ice. It's, it's, it's a very, uh, the ecosystem, like any ecosystem in the natural world, it is bananas. It's how it operates and the, the intricacies and the color and the shapes and how the creative nature of how, you know, deep sea creatures manifest mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. look into the microscope at the little fucking parasites, like, you're swimming around in one drop of blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's bananas. Have you mm-hmm. ever done that? No, then, I don't know. You know. I did it. And there's like, there's this little fucking dude, this little fucking dude, like with a big claw. This is yeah, in one yeah. drop of blood, tiny. And he's got one claw and he's got this bubble around him and he's going around with his claw and he's grabbing these other creatures and putting them into their bubble. And there's all these little fucking cre- little pa- other parasites in the bubble. Presumably he's going to eat them later. And that's just one scene out of... Oh. Hundreds of yeah. little dramatic like stories that you can see in one drop of blood, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. reality and how life interacts and manifests with itself. It's so creative and dynamic and interesting to itself. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. You know, we can't expect it to be all like, you know, stay rational, logical. That's just the narcissism of the human mind. Mm, you know, mm. people, people got to wake up and, and smell the music. And it's, it's even though it is difficult to do and it's scary to see, it's actually, it's and terrifying as well. It's actually, it's actually something beautiful about it, like my experience with the demon, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, and that was beautiful mm-hmm, yep. in its own way, you know, that that it, that 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 was that that was sort of part of reality as well. And it's, it's liberating, you yep. know. That's and I and I think like the more that you become sort of uh, practiced interacting with the, 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 say, the spirit world, mm, the mm. more safe and comfortable you feel in your own skin. Yeah. Because you're no longer just walking around being sub, subge, subjugated and subject to these parasites who were who are draining your energy. I mean, you know, I used to be, you know, driving around and I go for a drive for 20 minutes and come back and just be feel drained mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and exhausted. And why is that? It's like, well, because there was a fu- probably some fucking octopus creature who was coming along <laughs> and just going... Vacuuming then, out yeah, your own. <laughs> you know? And that and once you accept that, it becomes... It becomes... It makes... It, it's it's not a choice. And it's that, not and something that, you can manage. And this is the thing. This is not a choice. And I no. think like that's like what we were discussing earlier. I think it definitely gets the point in a return. And this has been my journey, I guess, into this pocket of this work. Um, is actually realizing and, you know, the plants repeatedly slapping me around me like, dude, like it is what it is. Just accept it and move on. Stop deliberating or seeking validation or not. That's the crazy space is your, you know, the indecisive fence sitting point. Mm. That's the lunacy. You need to commit and just Mm. trust your experience. And I mean, you've been very um, incredibly um, helpful and supportive of that as well. So I really feel like the key ingredients for progressing for anyone that's on their own tipping of the scales into this insane, you know, wonderful experience of of all um, is having support. And community. And that's yeah. like my biggest fear because I've always been so estranged and isolated 
up until recent years, mm. uh, you know, with all of this. Mm. Um, but I'm finally, you know, finding this connection and this beautiful, um, in the human, you know, like the yeah, plants always, but like you were saying, there's this medicine of the people in each other yeah. and this is starting to become a very real thing and so, so helpful. So I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of a key ingredient here and, it's going to, to some degree, take some radical thinking, some crazy statements and some pioneering mm. and willingness to look like a fucking crazy maniac yeah. if you got to. But if that then helps someone else to feel safer about their experience and then yeah. they can come and share their weirdness, mm. like th- th- this, it's, it's the only way. And, and like yeah. if I didn't have, you know, the support that I've had to do this work, like through you and a, a few other key kind of um, people in my life. I now realize like, oh, wow, I would have missed all these experiences, my own personal journey, growth, healing, insight, mm-hmm. but also just the the many people that I've had the privilege of working with and helping mm-hmm. and seeing their lives change. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. my God, like, yeah. you know, and then and then the, the domino effect. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's now beyond me. And this is what the plants like. Mm-hmm. Once again, back to the original message. Yeah. It's beyond you, dude. Yeah. Like, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Like, so, and that's mm-hmm. why I now realize I'm like, I. I have to just go ahead with this, like whatever this program is and, um, and just be me and, and, and do it and, you know, let it, let it have a positive impact and, you know, let it fall where it falls, but just trust, trust the process that this is. And, and, and I think maybe to wrap it up to some degree, because I'm sure people's biggest fear with, you know, talking about spirits and possession and guides and all this kind of like, you know, um, primitive you know stuff primitive pre-rational superstitious bullshit yeah is is there's a fear that they're going to be perceived as crazy Mm -hmm. or even maybe slightly deeper a sub layer of that is am i crazy um you know but for me um i the shit i'm experiencing now and the, the stuff i could talk about you know this has been pretty you know laid back but um it's the crazy it's it's some crazy stuff but mm. i personally feel the most together and centered and healed that i ever have in my life you know what i mean like before i was crazy i was mm. fucking crazy before all of this now yeah. i'm just like i'm so <laughs> yeah, i'm in my heart i appreciate the breath and the connections um i've never felt clearer mm. in terms of being a human being and being happy to be a human being mm. Um, and, you know, really finally dealing with my mental health struggles yeah. and all of it. So, I mean, if, if, if this is, if this is crazy, then I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm up for it. All right. That's great, bro. Let's finish up there. We're like, all hell crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> team, team crazy. <laughs> Go team crazy. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jules. Awesome, man. <laughs>